What TV shows have you guys watched the most times through? Like uh, all of it. Definitely The Office and Parks and Rec. I don't know uh, I, the number, yeah. obviously. The Office and How I Met Your Mother for me. Yeah, I think The Office is up there for me. I've seen it so many times through. And then, of course, just random episodes that I've repeated for whatever reason they were on or whatever. Yeah. And then I've rewatched through Friends, especially like in the periphery mm. when my wife rewatches it a lot. Mm. Like I'll happily sit and join her for an episode or two, even if she's like churning through the seasons, you know? Yep. So maybe... I don't know. I haven't kept track, but I also think King of Queens I've seen oh, at least a couple of times. At least a couple of times through. <laughs> I need to actually watch it. I know I would enjoy it. That and Everybody Loves Raymond, I know I would enjoy those shows. I need to watch them. Raymond's one of those shows that uh, I really liked at the time. And we actually started, it was like a year ago. So it was not recently. We we put it on. We were like, I just don't know if it's doing it for me anymore. I don't know if like mm. our expectation for shows, because there's so many good comedies out there, like past and present there's so many good ones the comedy for that just wasn't hitting for us anymore we were kind of like so eh. you could say that you no longer love raymond uh, yeah we don't love raymond no please clap please clap please clap that's one of the most pathetic <laughs> things ever <laughs> <laughs> it really oh it truly gosh. is it truly it is. really is all right well let's start this episode 140 we got to get through some things we're actually going to record a spoiler cast for a plague tale requiem time permitting i really hope we can at least have a short discussion about the story if not a, a lengthy one and so that'll be up on our youtube channel make sure you go check that out but for now let's jump in to this episode dan derek jeff myself are here Kyle is dead. Support went out for Kyle. Oh, um, Kyle right. has been stricken with a very strong case of homosexuality. I really hope he pulls <laughs> through this time. A Did... strong case of it. It's really strong. Like, he keeps trying to kiss me all the time. It's like, dude. <laughs> um, who gave it to him? Who did this? Who gave it's it to so him? bad to talk crap about the guy who's been so I know. sick all week. Like, he's <laughs> so sick. I don't know what he's got, but it sounds like he sounds like he's got cough and whatever. Like, it sounds bad. Well, so he, he said he, he tried didn't... talking on the phone and was maybe going to record with us. But he said even just talking a little bit on the phone, he was just hacking it up. And so he's going to. Hold on. I mean, he's one of those anti-vaxxers, you know? He didn't oh, get he's the vaccination totally. <laughs> for the gayness. He didn't get the gay. <laughs> Gotta get that gay vax, dude. Yeah. Boy, poor guy. Um, but, you know, it's his own fault. It's his own fault for not voting. It's his own fault for not voting Democrat. Joe Biden told us if we don't vote Democrat, we're going to all Folks. get sick, I think is what he said. Listen, Folks. all all of the two and a half listeners, we love the gays. We're just joking. It's fine. <laughs> Some of us might even be a little gay. Who knows? Yeah, it's possible. It's possible. Yeah. That's not what we're here to talk about. This isn't current. Oh, damn. Orientation, current sexual orientation <laughs> podcast. Okay. Because um, that changes fluid. It's fluid for most of us. Fluid. I'm, a, uh, I'm, a, I'm a sexual fluid, guys. Oh, man. Can I just tell you, though, I'm wearing a sweatshirt <laughs> that I dug up from the back of the closet because we're doing painting in the house. And I was just uh -huh. looking for some that I don't care if it gets paint on it because we are in the process of uh, potentially just moving across town. We're just trying to look to upgrade. Wow. To a new yes. house the mark the housing market don't know where, how it is where you guys are it's in a weird spot where it's kind of hard to sell yes mm -hmm. but buying you can get way more house than you normally could get for your money so it's like it, that's why you know it's, it's the pros and cons of when the market swings one way or the other i feel so, like it's always insane or at least for the past few years it's just been it's been really fast. fast like you could list your house and it's sold later that day it's been crazy yeah. and now houses are sitting for months and months so prices are coming mm -hmm. down so anyway, all that to say, we have a good chance to really upgrade um, 
our home here in town. So we we found a few opportunities. So we're trying to get ours ready to potentially show and try to sell. So now we're doing a lot of painting and cleaning up. And as exciting as it is, man, to look at new houses and kind of imagine being in a much better neighborhood, much better house, have my own office, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. As I'm painting it in the house ready, I'm just like, this isn't worth it. Let's just stay. Like, I don't want to, I don't want to do this. <laughs> this is so much. Work. Well, it's worse to have a house and then try to buy another one, right? Because it's yeah. like you have to time everything so perfectly, like selling yours and also buying one. Like, Correct. Yeah. And that actually, but we are in a market right now where we could tell sellers this is contingent on us selling our house. And there's not a lot they can sure. do in some cases. Like there's not as much competition uh, and so they might have to wait. But anyway, we also are considering renting our house out, but that depends on if we can get a house for cheap enough. So we could we could keep both. I might be a multi-house owner. If I do, then wow. If I am, then I'm going to be holding that over your heads for a long time. I own multiple houses, guys. Uh, you do have 37 kids, Tim, so you need to put them somewhere. Yeah. Right? yeah. yeah one gotta... house for the adults, one house for the kids. That's how it's going. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> gonna, it's gonna real Lord of the Flies at that other house with all the kids. Yeah. Jeez. Well, whoever it's like it's like the Joker. Whoever survives, there's an opening for five kids. We've got too many of you. We have tryouts. Yeah. <laughs> we have tryouts. <laughs> um. Oh man. So anyway, that's what I've been doing. That's actually been taking up a ton of my time. So like, work is very busy. Um. Really enjoying. I really enjoy my job and the work that I do, but it's taking up a ton of time. And then as soon as we're done with that, we're doing house hunting and house prep. And so and that timing is just awful because there's so it, many good yeah. games out right now. But it's it is what it is. It's part of life. So um, I can't complain too much. I got a chance to finish Plague Tale. I got a chance to play a few other little, you know, diddle a few little games here and there. Yeah. But um, so we'll get into some of those. I actually want to start with stuff we're watching, not just to get it out of the way, but kind of to get it out of the way. But there, I'm also like there's been stuff I've been able to watch wh like while multitasking with painting and things like that. I've been able to knock out movies and shows. And so awesome. um so I wanted to just catch up on a few things that I've been watching. But before we do that, let's talk about new things that are out. And I don't some people might call this one like award bait, this Banshees of Inishirin or whatever, but I don't know how to say that by the way. Uh, I'm not sure either. Even even when I hear them say it, it's with an Irish accent. And I'm like, okay, so yeah, I can never is say that how I say it, or do is that how they say it? I don't understand. But it's the it's it's the same guy who by directed they, in the same stars <laughs> and director, right? Of in Bruges. Is it yes, in Bruges and Seven Psychopaths and uh, Three Billboards. Yeah. This movie looks great. The trailer looked awesome. I love the cast. Uh, how is it? It's it's fantastic, man. It's uh it's definitely got a slower pace than the other movies that he's done. Um, and you but you can kind of gather that from any of the trailers that you watch. Like it's it's obviously about these two guys, Brendan Gleeson and Colin Farrell, uh, who oh, the, were, okay. were best friends, and then suddenly Brendan Gleeson is like. We're not friends anymore. Like just one day, he just decided to start ignoring him and telling him to leave him alone and stuff. Um, so it's like you can tell from the premise alone that okay, this is going to be a little bit slower, lower stakes, you know, stuff like that. Um, but this Inishirin, Inishirin, whatever island is like a totally fictitious island in Ireland, uh, mm -hmm. but it's happening during a real time where there's a civil war going on between the I think it's the NRA and uh, what whoever else. Um, is this set in the 90s, like during all that stuff? 1920s, I think. Oh, oh, oh this is set way back. Yeah, yeah. It's okay. during like the Irish uh, Civil War. Um, and, and you mm. don't really, the guys on the island are totally on their own, whatever. They're their own world, basically, and, and live in their own really slow paced lives. Um, and a lot of people are really dumb and, and creepy there. There's a lot of different personalities on this island. Um, but but the Civil War aspect is very interesting because you you hear cannon shots on occasion, 
and the <clears> characters <throat> will react to them and stuff, uh, which I find super fascinating. I, I don't know. I think there's something there. Um, but yeah, there's a ton of themes involved in this movie. I think it's it's writ- more rich with themes than it is with like dialogue and jokes and stuff. Like, yes, there are some occasional dark jokes that he tends to do like he did with Inverge. Um, but this is more of like a performance oriented thing where you're kind of meant to think about what's happening and how how it parallels to our world and our current uh, landscape and how we talk to each other. Um, and I feel like there's a lot to gather from that. Um, so I loved it. I loved the shit out of it, <laughs> if I can say that. Uh, and uh, I I feel like it's one of the most relevant movies of the year. But I mean, that's my takeaway. Whereas other people don't really have that takeaway, you know? Like, oh, so, is it? I thought it was getting reviewed really well. Wasn't it? It is. It is. Oh, okay. 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 I'm I'm just saying that they liked it for what the movie. I feel like they liked it more for what the movie is on the surface, which is still oh, enough. There's yeah. still enough. But I yep. feel like there's more parallels to the subject matter of this movie to our current world and how we talk to each other and how we unfriend people over differences and stuff like that. Not just on Facebook in real life. We quite literally are cutting people off. uh, Dude, family cutting family off. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And and like, and what that can drive a person to do when they get, uh, you know, kind of excluded from their own community and stuff. Um, I feel like that cast looks phenomenal on this too, right? It's great. Yeah. There's uh, ma- four main players, really. It's uh, Colin Farrell and Brendan Gleeson, obviously. Uh, they're all over the marketing. Um, I guess five if you count the dog, who's like, he's in the, he's in behind me. There, there he is. <laughs> he's it's so a border great. collie. <laughs> he's such a smart animal. Like, some of the stuff they got him to do, I was like, man. Dude, border so, collies are so great. Well I, yeah, I've seen border collies. Where there was this lady who was training, like, ten of them at once, and she had them yeah. all at the bottom of stairs. This is recent. Like they're so they're like the smartest dogs, and she called them by name one at a time, and they all waited and went as her name was called, and the mm. rest would just sit there. Like they're they're so smart. They can my, get so trained so well, and that's why they're never that's do that. Why my dog's sheep just like, stuff, let you know? me eat your face. Like my dog's crazy. Yeah, yeah, mine too. <laughs> uh, there's also his the guy the guy the girl who plays Colin Farrell's sister. Um, she looks very familiar, but I don't I don't remember her name. Uh, this is a really big standout role for her though. She's asked to do a lot in this role, and I feel like she's gonna get. Uh, you know, like you mentioned, it's an award bait movie. So I feel like everybody in this movie is going to get nominated for something. Um, and then uh, what's the creepy guy's name uh, from like Dunkirk and stuff? Uh, crap. What else was he in? Uh, oh, Barry Keegan. Ke- 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. He's in this too. He's Isn't he Joker? Isn't he the new Joker? Yes, kind okay. of, I guess. Yeah, he's uh, hmm. we'll see. He's, that the, he's the deleted scene Joker. We'll he's see. He's the deleted scene Joker, basically. Spoilers. Yeah. <laughs> um it's deleted scene shut up Dale. deleted scene it's not canon yet yeah. uh you can't say canon it, seriously i appreciate plays, you doing that. <laughs> he plays a uh in this he plays just a dim-witted like really really du- he is like the town dumbass basically and he is so creepy sometimes and but he means well he's just like obnoxious to everybody um he, most of the humor comes from people interacting with him uh yeah it's really good though just a little on the slower side. Just kind of adjust your expectations. It's not going to be rapid fire funny like in Bruges was, um, or even Seven Psychopaths, or some of Three Billboards. Um, it's just, yeah, it's a different kind of movie. It's really good, though. I'm excited to see it. So let me know when you see it streaming somewhere, because I do want to watch it. should come to Hulu. It's a Fox movie, Searchlight movie. So uh, 
Yeah, um, and it doesn't seem like the kind of movie that needs to hang out in theaters too long. So hopefully it'll it's hit. It's not going to make that much money, no. <laughs> hopefully it'll hit streaming before too long. Yeah. Um, another one that looks interesting, I think this is on Hulu, right? Is the Weird Al Yankovic story or no? Oh, uh, no, this is on the Roku channel. Apparently Roku. they have a channel, okay. guys. Uh, but uh, <laughs> if you have a Roku, it's free. Just, okay. you know, you can watch whatever content is on there for free. Um, they do have some paid content, but their exclusive content. I like, had no idea they had exclusive content, to be honest. Yeah, with they you. had. They they. Uh, I remember Reno 911. Remember Quibi? So mm-hmm. Reno 911 yeah. was brought back for Quibi, and then Quibi collapsed, and Roku said, "We'll take the rest of their new season." And so Reno 911 was able to shoot their new season and put it on Roku for, uh, you know, for free, basically. Like it's all there for you. Nice. I think there might be some ads, but I think they're really short. Uh, but uh, as far as weird goes, this is the the Al Yankovic story. This is probably, I don't know. I mean, I think Banshees is probably my favorite movie I watched that's new, but I mean, I have no notes, like no criticisms, because this is just one of the most perfect comedies. Because it is, it's meant to be year. a comedy, right? It's not meant to be a true biopic or whatever. No, like, no okay. it's, it's so dumb. And so they make up all Is it like the stuff. Dewey Cox story or yes. whatever? Okay. Yes. Okay. All right. But even more like meta and aware okay. of things like and weird al's involved with this somehow right yes Wasn't he? he is yeah he's he's in it he plays a record executive uh <laughs> one of the ones that you know is like just stereotypical music biopic right record executives who's like that'll never sell and stuff like that and shooting down yeah. ideas um it's so funny he probably uh, had fun playing a villain in his own movie huh in yeah his own story <laughs> there's apparently uh that character is based on somebody he played before in a funnier die sketch and then they just kind of expanded on that in this movie i mean this movie is a funnier die production apparently so i don't i don't i haven't watched anything before this movie about weird al except for a few things that he's been in before but like i'm not a huge fan of you know it's not like i dislike him i'm just not a huge fan um, I think Kyle's a big fan of him, um, but and there's like characters that are from Weird Al's like I don't know what you call it backstory or something. Yeah, previous movies that he included in this movie is the Weird character. Al lore. Yeah, the Weird Al lore. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There, is, there is Weird Al lore. There is there Weird is. Al lore. Yeah, yep. like yeah. in this movie, uh, he's hooking up with Madonna, who's played by Evan Rachel Wood. Stop and, it. Uh, <laughs> And she has such a wild. Did that actually uh, happen? No. Uh, oh, okay. <laughs> in real life, they had one interaction at a video music awards, I think, an MTV award show. And uh, she was like, "Oh, didn't you do the a parody of Like a Virgin?" And he was like, "Yeah." And that was it. That was the extent of their interaction in real Got life. Got it. But in the movie, they're like a couple, and she's like corrupting him, and then she <laughs> takes over a cartel. It's a whole thing. Uh, <laughs> Dude, so Weird Al, Weird Al is legit weird. Like, I mean, yeah. he's just a weirdo, and he just like messes with like his what was it, Coolio? Remember, he did the his version of one of Coolio's Amish, songs, Amish Paradise. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and and Coolio was pissed. I think um I think Michael Jackson was pissed when he did Eat It. Yeah, Eat um, It. Uh, he got no. I don't think Coolio was mad. He got a permission. Apparently, the only song he didn't get permission to parody was Beat It. Okay, so it's beat it. No, yeah. I swear song Coolio was, was also. Cranky. I forgot about Eat It. That's so funny. Yeah, and it's funny the movie proposes that he came up with eat it before beat it came out it's so oh, okay <laughs> I, and they even I, like i still want to say that his version of uh uh the star wars saga song that's for my, bye bye miss american pie i still think that's one of the greatest parodies mm. and it actually tells the star wars story have you guys listened you've listened to that i don't I'm think from, i've heard that in a while where he's like bye my my this here anakin guy maybe vader someday <laughs> yes, later yes i yeah. remember now 
See, my my, it's my good I, man. It's, it's... My, my wife is literally in the other room, and she heard me say about Coolio, and she's like, "Yes, Coolio was definitely cranky." <laughs> <laughs> so confirmed, Coolio was cranky. Coolio was definitely cranky. Uh, <laughs> the, uh, the 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 eat it thing was hilarious too, because there were like characters are in the scene going back and forth. Like I think Fred Armisen was no, was it Fred Armisen or somebody like him, like Will Forte? It was an ex ex SNL guy who was like. So this is totally your idea. Eat it. It's an original song. And he's like, yep, totally came up with it myself <laughs> off the top of my head. Really? So it's yours. It's your, like, they're just going back and forth selling it as an original idea. It's Jeez. so stupid. I'm going to have and to then, watch this. this and then there's funny. a part, like, earlier on where, oh, like, his, his dad is, is anti-accordion, oh, yeah. anti which oh, is a weird God. stance to take. But he has, like, it's like that, that music biopic uh, cliche of the oppressive mm. parents, uh, right. or I should say the oppressive dad, but the mom is supportive. And sure. uh, there's an accordion salesman that comes to their house, played by Tom Lennon, and uh, and he gets beat up by the dad so violently. Like, he gets, like, it's, it's so hilarious. And he's, like, on the floor, like, oh, I have a collapsed lung. And it's, sorry. And, and Weird Al is talking to his mom, and uh, they're having a heart-to-heart, -heart, and he's making all these noises on the floor, and, and she goes, I'm trying to talk with my son. <laughs> so Dude, even a biopic. Like bio it's so freaking funny. <laughs> even as a biopic, you can't just take it seriously, huh? No, no. It's there's nothing in it that I think is legit at all. Uh, but I think that's what makes it so freaking funny and perfect. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, and one of my favorite scenes too that really sold me on the movie, and this is like in the first 15 minutes, really, is when they go to a uh, they go to a party when he's young. He goes to a party with his friends. And it's a polka party. And he's like, sure. guys, guys, no, I can't be here. My parents will kill me if, if they find out I'm here. And like, <laughs> and then it's like, oh shit, the cops are coming, guys. We got to disperse. It's so funny, dude. I'm like, oh my At God. At the polka party. Yes. <laughs> God so sakes. they take every music biopic, like, like Bohemian Rhapsody type cliche yep. Yep. and make it molded into a Weird Al story. It's so stupid. I loved it. <laughs> it's very Weird Al. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. that checks and out. That checks out. Very so strange for it to be. Strong. I mean, I'm not saying that. I mean, I know Roku is a very popular device to use for streaming, but yeah. it's weird yeah. that it's trapped to that. I agree. Um, yeah. Maybe it'll it'll extend at some point to a normal streaming service, but um, anyway. And you can watch it on. You don't have to have a Roku, I guess. For you just have to have uh, the app. Yeah, you have app. to have like a login, I guess, and a registered Roku. Um, but you can watch it on a browser too if you want oh, okay. to. Uh, okay. Um, the other movie that actually um, we're probably going to watch soon because we thought the first one was charming and fun, yeah. you know, in its own way was Enola Holmes. This is uh, if you watch Stranger Things, she's the character Eleven. Uh, yes. Yeah, yeah. And um, and Millie Bobby Brown is actually a really good actress. Like she is so charming and so like she is very captivating when she's on screen, both as Eleven mm -hmm. in Stranger Things. But we thought that in Enola Holmes, she was really funny and she mm -hmm. keeps winking at the camera. And it's just kind of a it's a fun family take on the. Sherlock Holmes type of, uh, mm -hmm. you know, um, story. So the second one looks like a lot more of the same. It is. How is it? Is, is it fun? I think it was better than the first one. Uh, oh, nice. And I, I felt the same way you did, where I was like, yeah, there's a lot of charm here and stuff like that. I mean, it's not like it was anything I hadn't seen. I don't remember before, the story, but, but it was fun. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, exactly. It and it's memorable. the same thing here where you're not going to be like, oh, I remember the case or whatever. I feel like you'll remember this one a little more than the first one for sure. Like okay. there's definitely interesting things that happen in the story that kept me engaged. And I like Henry Cavill as Sherlock. I, I feel like that's, ah, this is why he left the Witcher. Dang it. 
Yeah, that's why he was like, I want to be Sherlock more, guys. <laughs> I want to be Sherlock as a side character. Yeah. Then- yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, was gonna say. I was trying to think of what Millie Bobby, because it's like, yeah, in, Ele- in Eleven, she's like, because she she hasn't fully developed because obviously of like what her character situation's been in. So she's right like um, a young kid still, even as she's getting older. And I was trying to think like, what has she been in where she's just kind of like not like that? It's like, oh yeah, the only other thing I've seen is like the Godzilla movies, the couple of Godzilla movies yep. that she's in. Yeah. Um, so yeah. this one sounds like she's even more like has more of a personality. She so does. I've just yeah. never seen her like that. You this know? feels a, more yeah, like there's a dead being herself. Aspect. I don't know if I don't know if she's being herself, but it feels more like a natural yeah. like yeah. she's kind of just being herself, fun and like silly more charismatic the Godzilla ones were a little bit more like Michael Bay style acting yeah, right very yeah, serious yeah. yeah for sure yeah and this one she's got that Deadpool aspect where she can look at the camera and kind of be like what the hell is going on and yeah. stuff like that yeah it, it she's she just nails it man I mean like you said there's she's great she's showing off a side of her personality she's not really able to in her other hyper serious roles that she's in uh, makes you appreciate this the talent that someone her age has think about when stranger things first came out and how good she was in that role and yeah she was automatically already good she's great man yeah i'm interested to see what she does as she gets older like what roles she takes on but um oh you got you sent us a coolio article about weird al the headline yeah the headline is why coolio wrote diss lyrics for weird al during amish paradise feud there was a feud Ooh, going a on, feud. guys. Oh my goodness. <laughs> okay. Oh boy. Um, it's funny. I think of that um, that song, the actual song, "Gangsters Paradise." I remember mm. that from the Michelle Still Pfeiffer a good movie. Song. Yes. Michelle yeah, Pfeiffer yeah, yeah. when she goes into the inner city and like helps the kids. Bill Burr has a whole bit about white girls going into the inner city and helping kids. <laughs> and like, he goes, he goes. Let me guess. At first, they don't accept her. <laughs> The next scene, she's wearing a do rag. They're teaching her how to dance. Like it's, it's so funny. Have you, by the way, Bill Burr related? Yeah. His most recent podcast had I Bill just Ock listened on. to it. Yeah. Dude, those guys in a room together are so funny because had who? Bill, Bill Maher. And oh, like Bill Maher. Okay. They're so funny because neither of them are in the mood for anybody to give them shit. So they just give yeah. each other shit the whole time. It's so funny. <laughs> but then they joke so about that. They're like, I'm just trying to bring them the tension. No, it's getting really tense in here. It's like, oh, yeah, no, we're going to cross your arms for like two seconds. Yeah. Like, it's so funny. <laughs> and then Bill Maher's like, I thought we were going to, the Bill Burr says, I thought we were going to like kiss in the mar- parking lot. And Bill Maher's like, no, we're going to blow each other in the parking lot. Like, <laughs> they just, I, they could just really argue and argue yeah. and argue. And then well, just, make fun so it's kind of fun to hear them bicker they they sound like an yeah. old couple to be honest with you right definitely and, where's bill maher yeah. from is he from um from massachusetts uh, or new york i think i think he's in new, new york. york okay so well, it's similar because they're only like 10 oh they to emphasize it 12 years apart but bill burr keeps talking about him like he's his father's age like he keeps talking <laughs> like he's in a generation before yes. and it's pissing bill maher off yeah it's so funny yeah <laughs> It's a good episode. It's a really good episode. It's, yeah, it is funny because they just, just the way they just feed off each other, it's perfect. Like at first I was like, I don't want to watch anything with Bill Maher right now. He is annoying as hell to me. Uh, so annoying. But, but uh, him with Bill Burr. floppiest, floppiest, floppiest oh, dude, dude. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. But him him with Bill Burr, like, yes, absolutely. A thousand percent. Because I know the type of personality Bill Maher has and yeah. how Bill Burr won't. Like, I saw right back to him, you know. I saw Bill Maher yeah. on um, at least clips of him on Joe Rogan's show a while back, and Joe Rogan tried to show him Kyle Dunnigan doing a great impersonation. Of I remember him, that, yeah. And he just was having, he wasn't having it. it. Yeah, <laughs> he just wasn't having it. Harry like, does a good impression of me. Hey, he's like, ah, I don't want to see it. He's like, really? Yeah, I'm just gonna show it to you. I don't want to see it. <laughs> Jerk. What a cranky pants. He really is a cranky pants. Uh, a couple things we're playing. Well, there's more to talk about that we're watching too, but a couple things that we're playing that are new. Not. 
we just talked about this deluge of games, and we have had that. There's a brief pause here before we hit uh, Sonic Frontiers next week. Oh my god, it's um, gonna be all time consuming. Like it's just gonna be <laughs> our lives. Dude, Sonic uh, Week, Sonic yeah, Week, Sonic guys, week, big, time, big time. Of course, God of War is next week. We're gonna spend a lot of time playing and talking about that one. Then <clears throat> this week's been slower. Does, doesn't mean nothing's come out, but it's been slower. It's a great chance for some of these smaller games on Game Pass to get my attention, which they have done. Because I know I don't have time to really sit down and dive into something, but I can spend you know thirty minutes trying out something. So I've played a little bit of Signalis. Signalis. I don't know how you say that. I think it's probably Signalis. Signalis is what I think yeah, too. That sounds right. That sounds right. It's a uh, it's a pixelated kind of adventure game, and it has some actiony moments that sort of remind me of like a PS One. Um, so the way game. I like because I played the demo. I, the way I is like almost sort of like an isometric top down like Resident a Evil, a little Resident a little Evil. old Resident Evil style. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. it's got tank controls. So. A little bit tanky. Yep. Um, yep. and it's very much go find this key card and also find it's, but it's broken in half. So go find this right. tape, tape exactly. the key card together. Now you can use. It. So it's very kind of PS one. Um, Resident Evil, Dino Crisis. It's it's in that vein. Um, mm. So far, there's very minimal combat. I didn't play it for super long yet. Um, but there is I see I see it in the trailer later. There is like, some combat. There's, there's like a random shooting. Like yeah, shooting there's there's stuff. creatures in that air in that ship that you start out in. And you have very limited ammo. So again, back to that Resident Evil comparison, I think it's pretty apt because it's the idea but, is shoot them a couple times so they fall, then go over to them and stomp on them or hit them with a baton if you have that. Like I guess there's some weapons you can get. So. Um, but it's anyway. pixelated, though, right? It's got that. It's pixelated, but it's very kind of modern pixel art where it's yes. yeah. animated super smoothly. Like it looks really good, but it has a VCR filminess to it. You can even t- oh, cool. turn on CRT TV mode if you want to mm-hmm. to really give it a graininess if you like that style. Um, or you can well, do a pixel perfect. More Resident Evil in a way. Yeah. Yeah. Because so, it's like, um, think of Resident Evil, because Resident Evil like does look, the character models look pixelated, but it's it's 3D. So if you think of it like from that perspective, but like you can make out the characters and, and creatures a bit more than like, say, Resident Evil 1, because they were pretty, uh, pretty gross looking back then. Yep. So. Yep. Yeah. So it is like a dark sci fi horror kind of a thing you don't really know Derek's exactly. favorite genre that's his favorite genre right you, don't, you don't know exactly who you are what you're doing but you're just kind of pressing ahead and trying to find open doors and talking yeah. to people or if you can find people there's very few people to talk to but you talk to whoever you can um so yeah. i don't know i don't know how different the demo like was if it was almost just kind of like a proof of concept or anything but like the way the demo ended um was incredibly interesting and there's like this really like insanely like interesting like way like synth wave music that kicks in almost reminded me of like death stranding or something at the end of the trailer and then it starts like flashing all to these like different scenes um oh i got to that like there's a lot of psychological stuff i got to that oh, cool. it, it would okay. like flash a mesh flash a message to you on the screen yeah. and show you and then like yep 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 and the music was building up i was yeah. going what is happening so yeah, but it, cool. like it's it seems interesting it seems like there's like almost like a you know it's like almost actually even like returnal a little bit too yeah. um there's like a psychological thing there's a crazy sci-fi thing going on yeah i just don't really quite know what's going on yet because the demo was really short and it sounds yeah. like you got about the same length so about that is about where i played the game so far into i mean if- i i haven't installed i just haven't haven't gotten to it i mean it's, I'm excited it's so to easy to get because it's right there on game pass and it's less than like yep. a gig i think Yep, it is reviewing pretty well. Actually, all three of these I'll talk about, and a couple of you I've played too Actually, are, have all reviewed well, um, like in that mid '80s. And it, it kind of take that for granted, like ah, oh, it's mid '80s, maybe I'll play it. But it's like, dude, that's good. Look at the other games that have come out this year that you might really like. 
things are down in the 70s, down in the 60s. Yeah. There's a lot of yeah. that. Like to be yeah. in the in the 80s averages is, is nothing to sneeze at. No, it's not. Um, the legend of Tian Ding. I think that's how you say it. Um, uh, I know that's it's uh, called other things by other people, and I won't say any names. But it's the legend what, of. I don't know what you're talking. I've only ever <laughs> called it legend of Tian. There's a lot Tian of um, easy to pronounce uh, things on this episode. He's <laughs> uh, so. Yeah, this uh, this game is it's a side-scrolling action platformer. It really reminds me of, like, at, at times I'm kind of like reminded of Aladdin or something. Mm. Just kind of like the feel of jumping from very obvious platforms to platforms. But in the actual gameplay and combat, it feels more modern than you know an mm. old '90s game. I'm not saying it plays like that because you know you have a dodge. You you can upgrade your skills. You can grab their weapons and use them. You get some combos, mm. and so like the the combat's a little more involved than um than older games so i think this game's pretty cool i i am in the second area i'm almost to the second boss i think that's there's only three main i think it's pretty short i think it's like a four-hour game so it's not a very long interesting but i'm i did the shortest of diddles to this game i'm still in like the sewer level which is the very beginning yeah and uh i'm I'm, i feel like i'm close to the end because i did encounter like one of those areas where it spawns like a big guy that you can't really block his uh, attack not, not block. Uh, you can't stop his attacks as you're attacking him. You can't basically. dodge through it. Yeah. Either. You have to get away. You basically yeah. have to get away. Um, yeah. And yeah. you can't steal his weapon either. Um, that's another cool mechanic of the game that I love is like just being able to steal their weapon when they're at low enough health. That's awesome. I like that too. Gun. It's awesome. I like that too. There's a, so you have a sash. So like you, you're set up as like this um, kind of um, what's it called? Like a, le- not a legend, maybe, maybe like a local legend, local hero, folklore kind of a thing. You're, you're a Robin Hood. Yeah. yeah. You're like a Robin Hood to this mm-hmm. town. And then you return like your you're the TND guy. He, he returns and he's going to take on this corrupt, you know, mayor or whoever he is, someone who's stealing all the people's money and not helping people. And he's beating it's, uh, people it's set the during, during uh, Japan occupied uh, Taiwan. Taiwan. Yeah. yeah. So it's set in yeah. Taiwan. Um, and so, so yeah, you're like this hero. So and you have the sash, and, and like part of the lore around this guy is this magical or kind of like whatever sash that he uses to fight. So you use this really quick dagger to attack, and then a little prompt will appear over their head. It'll say to press Y, and that's when their health, like Jeff said, is kind of been depleted from the green, and the health bar turns yellow. Then you can hit Y. It wraps them up, and you can throw them in any direction, which doesn't do any damage unless you throw them into an environmental thing. But it does grab their weapon out of their hand. So if mm. um, if you can, like some bosses and larger enemies you can't but yeah most, you can't most yeah. of them you can grab their gun or their staff or their axe or whatever and use that and it'll give you like how many uses you have and what i discovered is that you can actually upgrade so like for example the guns are really handy like if you steal a gun from someone then you can shoot them from a distance very much so yes quick. yeah and if you donate money like as you're going through town in between those levels these there's these beggars who are asking for money if you give them money then it'll upgrade all the different weapon things. So like, hey, you can hmm. now use this weapon more times or whatever. Like you now can use staff. That's a cool, that's a cool mechanic. I haven't gotten that yeah. far yet. So yeah. all you have to do is just keep giving to the beggars who are asking for money and then you'll upgrade. Like, the idea is that if you give back to the poor because you're Robin Hood, basically, then you're going to get stronger as this legendary hero. So that's kind of the cool. idea. Um, yeah, I like the setting. I like the way it plays so far. Uh, kind of looks like uh, if you liked Artful Escape where you have kind of like these weird layers and the characters are very cleanly drawn mm-hmm. and then they move. Um, it kind of reminds me of something like that where it's, it's, uh, it's, it's not super, um, it's not like pixelated or anything like that. Yeah. It's a little cartoony or comic booky or something. Yeah. A little, a little comic booky, not quite paper cutouts like artful escape, yeah. but it just has a little bit of that vibe the way they move around. Yeah. Um, so That's cool. 
it's a cool even game. like Aoden Chronicle uh, Rising, a little bit, a little bit on that. Oh yeah, yeah. for sure. Vein too. Um, so I think it's a pretty fun, pretty fun little game. Uh, also playing Ghost Song. So if you like Metroid, especially like Super Metroid, and if you like Metroid Dread from last year, I suggest giving Ghost Song a try. Um, our buddy Tyler from our group just finished it and said he really liked it. And he and I had the same exact thing that's holding this game back from being really great is the jumping mechanic. Like when you play someone like Metroid, jumping just feels great and you can kind of control the way she moves even as you fall. <laughs> And this, the jump is just a very straight up, and you can kind of move a little bit to the right or left, but it's very, you can't control it very much when you're jumping. That's the one that has like, like a Metroid vibe, right? Like you're very you're, Metroid. Like, like a it is, uh, it is almost literally Metroid. Okay. Yes. <laughs> yeah, because I remember seeing the trailer for that. I was like, why does he move like that? I don't like the way he moves. Like, I didn't play it, so I don't know. You know. Yeah. The overall, the movement's fine. You're a little yeah. slow, and the jumping's weird. But like the okay. combat's fun. Like the shooting, okay. and then you can do a melee attack, which I think works. And when you get into the vibe of like, as you shoot, your gun heats up, and it starts to smoke, and it gets really red. And then mm -hmm. your your melee attacks do way more damage because you're hitting them with that smoking hot gun now. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, Interesting. Yeah, so I think it's I think mm. it's a cool little mechanic, and you can upgrade to other mm. weapons uh, later too. Yeah, it's definitely a Metroid clone, but it, at least it's good. Like if it were a Metroid clone right. and it did it worse, I would be like, oh god, right? What a try hard thing to do. But it's actually <laughs> it's actually quite good and fun to play. I just that's another one I barely played though. I didn't get very far. I got like to my first save, and I was like, I'm good. Like I'm good yeah. for now. Like I'll come back later. Yeah. But, yeah, if you got frustrated in the Metroid-type games with, um, I don't know where to go next, the idea is look at your map, see where you haven't gone, see what you can't access, I just got a new ability, go back to revisit areas you maybe couldn't get through before. It's got a lot of that. And so if that frustrates you, if that's not your thing, maybe this game won't be as much for you, but um, I still think it's great. And it looks really cool, too, the art style. Oh, great. yeah, I like the art style a lot. Yeah, yeah the art style is really cool. So three really nice. solid Game Pass games, I think. I agree. Yeah. It's a perfect time for those type of palette cleanser titles. Uh, I know Derek's been playing some Gears Tactics. I see it in your background, too. You haven't yeah. played that before? You dive, dove in this week within this one? I played, like, maybe five minutes when okay. it launched. And then I bought it last year. It was, like, $5 during Black Friday. So I bought it. But I'm not, a, not typically a Tactics RPG type guy. So I mainly bought it just because I'm a Gears fan five bucks i own it but i was uh wanting um to unlock some achievements and decided to download this game and boot it up and i played like the first two missions and i you know because this year i've been playing a, a little bit more tactical or strategic uh rpgs this game kind of feels like something i could Definitely. I'm not going to do it right now. I'm not stupid. God of War comes out in four days mm -hmm. from this recording. But, like, it's definitely a game I could see myself getting into because it's still, like, a Gears game as far as, like, it has, like, all the finisher finishers. The characters are very Gearsy, uh, Well-acted. Graphics are really nice. But it's, it's a really in-depth, like, XCOM-type uh game as well and i appreciate that more now than i did a year or two ago like yeah i just i, I mean i liked some of them i've always been a fire emblem fan but i never it, i didn't have to beat those games i was okay pay, playing them for like 10 10 hours and saying i'm a fan because i like 
the characters. I like the story and the combat's pretty fun. But now I'm really, really digging those style games. So yeah, mm-hmm. Gears Tactics definitely a good one. And it looks good too, right? Like it's really pretty for that style of game too. Like it yeah. looks great. Looks good on Xbox Series X, and I'm playing it mainly on PC. Um, but yeah, that that one, and then I finished a couple of games this week. I don't know. If yeah, what'd you finish? What'd you finish? I finished both um, Gotham Knights and uh, Shadow of Rose from Resident Evil Village. Yes. Right. So um, last week you guys were you were higher on it than I think you ended up landing on it, right? In terms of what you thought. For sure. So I talked about last week. I, I think I was in the first hour. In the first hour, this isn't a spoiler because it's literally in all the trailers. Plus, it's the beginning of the game. You're in the castle again. Um, and then after the first hour, you leave the castle. I won't talk about where you go. One of the places you go is super creepy. And the mechanics change. Very uncomfortable, and I don't like it. Um, <laughs> but I objectively... See, this is one of those things where people make fun of me. They're like, oh, objective, objective. But this is one of those things where I can go subjectively... That's not my style of gameplay, mm-hmm. and I don't feel comfortable with it. I don't like that type of stuff. It's tense, but ob- yeah. Objectively, I can go, okay, this is a horror game or survival horror game. They nailed it. Like, they did the purpose of what they were trying to do. They nailed it. So even if I don't love it, it's really well done. The part I really didn't like, and again, won't spoil it, is just the ending. I thought the the last boss was stupid. I thought... The conclusion to the story was dumb. I just didn't really... I felt really, really cheesy. I know Resident Evil has always had a cheesiness. But this was, like, really, really cheesy. So I didn't love it. I didn't hate it. It would fall in that 6... I would say 6.5. I don't think it's as bad as a 6, but it's definitely not swimming in 7s. And then Gotham Knights... uh, I still feel highly about that game. I, if I had to score, awesome. it's an eight for me. Um, I played through the entire game as Batgirl. I mean, I, I switched the other characters just to yeah, switch out like they're... <laughs> yeah, I did. Because you're, she you're has just... the perfect butt. Like, well, I was going to say, you're very... Girl, yeah. If only she didn't um, talk at all, she'd be perfect. You're just very. Uh, you're an activist for the for the women, right? You're a protector of the ladies. So. Absolutely. I think if we had a supercut of all the times you've said that since you and I have podcasted together, if she would just stop talking, she'd be great. Like I feel like that's been said uh, Tim, so many times. Tim, Tim, that like, would be that would be I like a thirteen-hour-long like video. Thirteen-hour, yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like Tim has more evidence on me to like <laughs> sabotage my relationship with my girlfriend like he could actually bring data and be like are you sure you want to marry this guy he like, could bring this da- guy, uh, your type of guy then like my ex-wife my ex-wife could wouldn't even data. have enough data uh, to to wreck that um T- Tim pulls yeah. down the projector he has a he has a presentation <laughs> like a photo. I mean, with, with doing our first podcast and then this one together for so long i feel like we've talked more together than most couples and the thing is i've actually gotten better like i used to be really bad on facebook i used to say really really bad stuff i actually think twice because i'm like well what if my girlfriend sees don't get me wrong she knows how i am but i'm like i don't want her to see that that's that's just me being terrible so for anyone listening or watching and you're like you've offended me many times recently it's like just remember it could be worse (laughs) Just know could that. Be could be way worse. Could be way worse, yeah. Derek, Derek nothing. That's exactly twice. what I say to my girlfriend. I'm like, you're hurt. <laughs> I'm a 
was thinking worse things, you know? I gave you the, <laughs> gave you the subtle hey, check hey, your Check your Derek privilege, man. It could be way worse. It's awesome. Derek, can I recommend you maybe sometimes think three times before mm. you do this? <laughs> Interesting. No. No, I'm very okay with what That's I said. Hey, you, you two, finished two Fire Emblem uh, Three Houses, right? The like, was that a couple weeks ago though that you finished that one? Okay, but... that, and then Gotham Knights. I'll just finish what I was gonna say about Gotham Knights. Oh, Gotham before Knights. I got, yeah, yeah. I got yeah. sidetracked on Batgirl and her booty. That um, butt girl. So I thought the okay. So here's what I'm, I'm gonna say about this game. Very very good game. I really enjoyed it. I don't. I can understand some of, some of the criticism. I cannot understand most of it. I do have an issue with a couple of the boss fights. I just thought they were sponges and they interrupt everything. They're never impacted by anything. And I felt like I had to hit them a hundred gazillion times to get them to move down even a little bit. They barely had openings. So it just felt like, like, you know, when you play a Souls game, they're hard. And they can be hard because sometimes they can last too long because maybe you don't do enough damage, but you can level up and do better damage. And so like, this felt like I was literally two or three levels higher than these bosses. And I'm like, and this is on normal difficulty. I'm like, why am I not doing anything to this guy? And he literally one-shotted me. So there were some uh, infuriating boss fights towards the end. Um, but overall, still a really, really fun game. And yeah. I really <clears throat> the the loot system. I even went back and started playing the Avengers. Again, it was only because I was trying to unlock achievements. And I'm not saying that game's terrible. But I just like Gotham Knights way yeah. better. I feel like what they're trying to do and the way they incorporate co-op and it can fully be a single-player game. I played this game completely single-player. Um, I just found it to be a fun, good game. It's definitely going to be in my top ten. I doubt Same. it'll make top five, although I wanted it to. Yeah. Uh, and the, I think the biggest praise I have to say for it is, for me, what I liked is the suits are so freaking badass. They're oh so my god, dude, they're so they good. Yeah. Cool skin suits. Like when I originally saw Batgirl, like when they were previewing her, I was like. Nope, not using her. Because not just because like, oh, I hate women. Because I'm like, I don't like the her outfit. Like she just looks stupid to me. All of them, all four of them have absolutely really, really cool outfits. And yeah. you know, since it's a third person game and you get to see them, it matters. So I I and there's powers attached to it and and stats. Yeah, so like the Spider-Man just... costumes, how they attach abilities. Yeah. Cool. This is even more because if I remember correctly, Spider-Man doesn't have like this is armor 18 and that one's armor 16. This is like you're getting armor unlocked and you can apply. Oh, so that's like stat based, whereas Spider-Man yeah, is just like stat based. Yeah. It can be, yeah. But if you like a certain armor, so for instance, like I, I, I had like a high epic. Uh, high level epic armor, but I didn't yeah. like how it looked. And right. then I had unlocked this metal uh, Batgirl suit that is freaking awesome looking. And so I just went in there, grabbed the metal Batgirl suit, and put it on over. So that's what you see, but I'm still wearing that's the cool. epic yeah. armor. But it was my choice. I could have left it as is, or I can yeah. change it. And I thought that was cool that I still get the stats get to look how i want 
But for most of the game, most of the armors were cool. I didn't do that. I was just like, whatever I changed to is what I wore. Yeah. Um, I just really liked all that. I am excited for the future. It's definitely one of those games, like, I do like to come back and play games. It's definitely one that I'll do a new game plus. And I Same absolutely here. love to play co-op with people. In fact, I was talking to Jesse White, and I was like, if you get this game, get it on PS5. And I'll play with you. He's like, well, I thought you were playing on PC. And I was like, I am playing on PC. But my son has it on PS5. So if you buy it on PS5, I will go steal the game from him. And I will co-op it with you. So it's one of those games that I want to go back and play with somebody else. Now that I know the story, I don't need to pay attention to anything. It would be more for just for fun. Yeah. Dude, it's so, man. The, co the co-op is so fun. Uh, me and Kyle did that. I mean, the only downside is you level up so fast when you're co-op, because uh, you and then you have to go back to your own game and do the stories over again, and then you're leveled up even more. Uh, so that's the only negative is like, oh crap! Now, now I'm like you're, way you're too really OP. Yeah. Uh, but but it's still that could be a fun thing too at the same time. Um, there was a fight. I think Kyle was playing it on normal too, uh, and he said the Mister Freeze fight he couldn't beat at all, <clears throat> so he just didn't do it. And uh, and but he did beat the game, and he had to lower the difficulty to easy for the final fight because it was just stupid. Like you were saying, it was like a blockable move. After there was no window, there was no real actual window. I was yeah. on easy the whole time. I just wanted to beat it, so uh, uh, I had no problems. But I have no yeah. Once you drop it to easy, it's well, it's easy. I mean, yeah, exactly. exactly. But normal, like I was literally, I'm not exaggerating, because I play it that way. If you tell me a story mission is level 21 to 24, then the minimum I'll allow myself to be before I start that mission is 24. But normally I'll be 25, 26. Yes. And that's yes, what yes. I was doing. I was going out, looting, getting experience, having fun, and then I was leveling up, and then I try to fight these some of these bosses on normal and I was just like, I'm not doing any damage. Now, part of it, I can say I can take the blame on is I was obsessed with Epic above loot. Oh yeah. So I think maybe part of my problem was, is I wasn't using rare loot that was higher level. And that was probably doing more damage. Cause I was only looking at the power level and my Epic. So I could just to give an example. If I'm level 24 and I have the option to create a level 24 rare item, but only allows one mod slot, and then I have a level 22 epic armor that has three mod slots, when you when you attach the three mods, your power level is way higher than that level 24 rare. Right. So I wasn't using the level 24 rare. I was like, the power level is 300 less, but all the other stats were higher. And I think that may have been my problem is, is I was so focused on power level, maybe those other stats were what made you hit harder or could have, defend could have. better. I don't know. I didn't really test it, but that's I was just waiting. I felt like the loot system was a little off for me because I was just like waiting for Epic 24 or 25 to unlock. And then they wouldn't. And then I got a legendary 23 to unlock when I was like a level 23, level 24. But I never had any until the even after I beat the game, I never had any of the stuff to actually create the legendary item. I was like, yeah, I was I was still missing pieces for I never one, got for legendary one. materials. Yeah. So there must have been something I was missing. But I guess overall, I guess still a really good game. 
I wonder if it's the uh, the side crap that there because there's so much side stuff that I didn't even do. Oh, yeah. um, uh, like like finding books or whatever the hell or, or yeah. there's there's so much random side stuff you can do that I bet probably contributes to that. Uh, but I'm never going to do it. It's just not. So. It's not what, in my opinion, and this isn't to bash reviewers. I'm not going to say and act like I like reviewers. I don't. I have a few that I I watch. I like. I disagree with them, but I don't hate them sometimes. But, like, this game, I really think reviewers were off. I really do. I don't I agree. know what yeah. the hell they were drinking, what they were expecting, but they were off. They just don't enjoy games Well, anymore. users are scoring it pretty low, too, at least on Metacritic. It's not even above a 5 on any of the platforms really? for users. And then for, for viewers... I, well, it's, it's, all, it's all the, uh, you know, well, it's Batman. Weird no Batman, no Batman. Every single person I have seen that's actually... I'm talking about who played the game. I'm not talking about those dumb, broken records that are like, that game's bad. Did you play it? No, the game's bad. Um, that have played the game, everybody says, I like it. It's fun. It's good. It's not perfect, but it's good. That's what everybody I've seen says. So mm-hmm. it's weird. I'm just glancing through some of these user reviews, which there's lots of zeros and twos, and it's oh yeah, the zeros I feel like just mostly. Like this one's funny. It's like someone put someone put uh, this masterpiece can barely run at 30 frames per second, so it's a very similar experience to playing Grand Theft Auto 4 in 2008. (laughs) Yeah, that guy didn't play it. He just took the 30 frames per second thing and made a terrible review. Yeah, guaranteed he did not play. Promise, I promise you. That's funny. Unless they're like a 30 frames per second. A lot of people just play it. You can tell you didn't play it. They're just complaining that it costs $70. So I'm never Mm -hmm. gonna buy this. So it's like, well, why are you giving it a zero? So dumb. That's why user reviews are absolutely stupid. Even though I don't like reviewers, at least I know where they stand. Now I get and I talked about this last week. I get mad when I'm like, you guys are judging it based off your own desires, not based off of what they were trying to create. Then I have a problem. But at least they're telling me after they played the game the parts they liked and they didn't like. And then I can decide, I agree, I disagree. Or right. that doesn't matter to me, or it does matter to me. Didn't IGN give us one a five? Yes. Yeah. And, and didn't like someone mod the IGN five? Yes! The Spider-Man. To yeah. Spider-Man. <laughs> Which I didn't understand at first. I think it's just the idea of like on Gotham Knights, but I think they modded it onto a really good superhero game. I don't know something about being able to mod anything into Spider Man. It's so dumb, right? So stupid. Yeah, I saw somebody added a. uh, I think Bruce Green was playing it on a stream. Somebody added a a a flying car mod for Cyberpunk, and it took like an hour or so to install and configure, and it crashes your game after like five minutes. Oh, I'm sure. (laughs) Don't doubt it whatsoever. But listen, uh, I do think there are some games where I feel like, no, I have to experience it start to finish without changing the difficulty. I have to. And there's other games, and I just did one recently, where I'm like, I, I don't feel bad even a little bit about bumping this down to easy because I want to wrap this up and move on. And right. That was Bayonetta 2. Like, I needed to spend a little more time not only getting just better at the combos, because that last fight is challenging, not impossible. I got close to beating him on the first try. And before I even started the second attempt, I was like, I want to start Bayonetta 3. I don't have time for all this stuff. I talked earlier about a lot of things we have going on. So I just bumped it down to easy. And I was like, you know, I'm going to beat on easy. And if I don't feel satisfied, like I feel like I cheated the system, I'll come, I'll circle back and I'll play it on normal again. So I put it on easy. It's incredibly easy. He barely hurts you. So like that fight just flew by. So I was happy to see the ending cinematic and see it play out and see the credits roll. 
And I still don't feel guilty about that, which is funny because I played that whole game through on normal and then bumped the final fight down to easy. I should feel bad, but I kind of don't because it's an older game. I just wanted to get through it. Um, yeah. But I think that's well, okay I think... if that's what you're trying to do. I think if you really feel that sense of satisfaction of I want to play it as originally intended, I totally understand. I, I get enough dopamine out of just beating a game in general that I have been playing on easy for the past like five years at least. Like, <laughs> yeah. I'm just like, whatever. I, I already, like, as soon as I, it's like 100% you're done, of, I'm like, ah. Oh. Depends on yeah, the game. Like, it feels it so good. It depends on what type of gamer you depends are, too. Like, for instance, like, if you're a guy who buys uh, a game once every three or four months, then you're in no rush to get through a game to get right. to the next one. Right. Absolutely. Play it on normal, play it on hard, especially if it's an RPG over, you know, over level your character go destroy the game i absolutely love doing that stuff same here but yeah. when it's a season like this like i play a lot of i play most of my games. games on normal get, get through games but i like to get through my games because mm -hmm. i like to, for instance like i'm like okay god of war is coming so i need to get through gotham knights that's how my brain thinks yeah and that's why some i will admit i to be completely open and honest that's where some of the enjoyment does start to get sucked out because I start rushing and then I get really mad if I die. I'm like, that's just stupid. And then I start <laughs> pitching fits instead of going, dude, you didn't feel this way before when you were taking your time. You're trying to rush through this. So in this season where they're dropping games every five seconds, there's certain games I don't care if I play it on easy. Like Bayonetta, I do not care. I'm not a master at those games. Uh, I'll play, like, I started Bayonetta 3 on normal, and I'll play it on normal for as long as I like. And then until when you I'm hit like, a wall. I, yeah, until I hit a wall and I suck, <laughs> I'll drop it to easy. Um, but most, like, most RPGs and stuff like that, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to play it at normal. But in this season, uh, I didn't have a problem with Gotham Knights towards the end. I knew I was already good at the game. I was like, this is either I'm missing something... Or this game on certain bosses is just jacked up. And I'm not going to sit here and grind yeah. for another 10 hours. I, I think uh, with Avengers it's worse. But I think Avengers had the same boss problem too. Where you're like, okay, so we just can't beat this guy. All right, cool. Yeah. So we'll just fail and just go do something else. Like, yeah. it's stupid. I mean, uh, it makes you appreciate the, a good balance. Sorry, Dan, go ahead. Yeah. No, no, no. So I, I was just because when I walked away, I was still listening. And you guys were comparing. Uh, I think... Um, I think Derek was comparing liking Gotham versus uh, Avengers. And it's like, yeah, well, it's because yeah. they weren't shoving microtransactions down your throat. No, no. It's just yeah. a normal video game that you progress in it. And if when you're doing better and you're leveling up, you get better equipment. And like, and the way that they the handled day, their you know? gear was like, you can make this gear if you want. You don't have to, though. Like, you can yeah. just kind of... You're not you know, actually unlocking you gear. You're deciding what you want to make or not. You're only right. getting material. Right. And when you're in a mission... You can create, like you can use that material to create gear, but they're like you can't yeah. access. It's this not gear like in Avengers. Home base. In Avengers, it was like every two seconds you were picking up a new thing and you had to swap it out, and you're like, God, this is so freaking repetitive. It's it's it would just became a lot by the time I finished the story. I was like, I can't. Oh, like, that's going with that's this. something Neo struggles with too. That I was concerned with with Wo Long. It's an excessive amount of uh, gear. And most of it's trash, and you and Neo is literally the worst. If none of you have really played Neo a lot, you will have like eighty gazillion things of gear. Oh, here. Lord, like, what what can I destroy? <laughs> it, it gives you anxiety. 
Yeah, no, I hear you. I was actually looking at the reviews for Avengers, Marvel's Avengers from 2020, and almost identical reviews where you had some critics, usually the smaller ones, more the more niche websites and, and outlets giving it up in the 90s, but it averaged out at 67, just like Gotham Knights kind of averages out in the, in the high 60s. And then user scores are all over the place, but because of all the ones and zeros, it's yeah. down at 4.9 users. So almost identical, by the way. I remember defending, because I think I was on the podcast by then, I remember defending Avengers, at least in the Game of the Year discussion, like, we did. not for, like, best game or anything, but, like, for, like, best story, I think, and stuff like that. And I agree uh, with you, yeah. And I yeah. was in, I, I put it in the Swimming in Sevens camp. For Gotham Knights, it's not even, like, Swimming in Sevens for me. It's, like... Guys, no, this is a game of the year conversation, a genuine one. Like, it's. You know what's interesting is uh, Avengers, I thought, was a good attempt and had its, it's, had its moments. And yes. then Guardians of the Galaxy came out and just blew me away. Like, oh, I, yeah, definitely. I, I, just thought, I just thought that was just narratively so compelling, but also gameplay yeah. was a blast. Like, I don't know how they did it without telling anyone. And it was like, by the way, here comes a Guardians game in three months. And it's amazing. Like, what? Yeah. What? You've been working on this, so I I love when that happens, um, and so that's where to me that's where the bar is set for a good single player superhero game experience is is at the moment. It's super, it's Spider Man and it's Guardians of the Galaxy. Those are the two, in my and opinion. like poor Guardians of the Galaxy because they suffered uh, because of what Avengers did. Like they suffered. They did. I think they did sales. too. Yeah. Like they just assumed because Square was involved that it's like the same thing. Yeah. It's just not but, true. You know. Yeah, but so, thankfully that one did overall review better, and players it loved it too. Because yeah. There was like nothing involving. It's one of those things where as soon as people played it, they realized. It. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, word of mouth mattered with Guardians, and then coming to Game Pass, anybody who didn't listen to other gamers and reviewers who finally played it on Game Pass, again, a lot of what I've seen, I'm not saying I've seen a billion people play it and they all said I like it, but most people are like, that's a good game, that's a great yeah. game. And yeah. I felt that way too. Yeah, user score was, but I enjoyed it. User score was eight point seven, which is crazy. And meta score was eighty four. Really so like critics and users yeah. all lo- it was just a single player experience. Boom, go do it. And yeah. we're not gonna like microtransaction you to death. We're not gonna yeah. So anyway. Even though it's a game that kind of looks like and plays like, hey, this could be co-op. This didn't have any co-op, right? Wasn't it always? No, it was all single player and you would just do commands for your I teammates. mean, to me, Guardians of the Galaxy wasn't what made it great was not the combat. I'm not saying it's bad, but combat I actually was good. I think it was Gotham fun. Knight it was fun and more fun. Yeah, uh, combat was yeah. good. By the end, I was kind of like, let's get I, yeah, I the next like, story point because it was repetitive. Yeah, was definitely. Good. Guardians combat felt a little more repetitive, whereas Gotham Knights, especially in the last like third of the game, I was like, oh, I'm getting the hang of this now. Like I was dodging left and right. Like you, you can get really good at the Gotham Knights. That's cool. Uh, combat. Not to use the phrase get good, but you can. You really can excel at it. I was waiting for Dan to say it with all this easy mode talk we're, we got going on here. <laughs> um, yeah, you guys are just, you, you're never going to be a pro gamer. We're, we're not pro. <laughs> Unless you beat Sekiro, all right? And then you just... I did. I did. Yeah, well, I, did. I mean, Vegeta... I did it the most alpha way you can do I it. did full stop. <laughs> full stop. I beat it. Full First stop. of all, I told... Don't at me. Don't Here's me. why I said I'd excuse be trying the most alpha way you can be. Excuse me. Excuse me. Because I beat the game the way that the game should have been designed. I told the game how it should have been designed. <laughs> that is alpha. 
Whereas you were a beta and you followed the rules of the game. You're like, I'll play it your way. This is so the opposite of what you've said so many times about well, so many games. I love it. I love is it, it. Is it really you being alpha or are you just being an asshole? It's, it's alpha to <laughs> it's play definitely the, the way they should have designed it's definitely it. Both. They should have designed it this way, so that's how I'm going to play it. That's their fault. Oh, so, but so because everyone on the internet told them to make easy mode, then yeah. they should have done that too, they right? Should've. They told they them to make an easy mode. So. That's yeah. on them. They should have made a mode for blind people. I'm but sick. Those of those are all blind, <laughs> minor betas. They don't care. Yeah, agree. Right. Agree. Right. right. They're all way, Taylor Swift fans. They don't speaking care. of being a pro gamer, make sure what? you go check out <laughs> what? Dan's. Uh, <laughs> what? I think your Twitch channel is getting some some views, man. It's growing from what I've seen. That's awesome. Yeah, I yeah I appreciate that. Um, it's uh yeah I've been playing more retro stuff, which um I think really grabs people's attention because I mean it's not easy to find that stuff nowadays. You know, you have yep. to go to some retro you know whatever store and like hopefully they have an old whatever system and they have the cartridge are you playing so. zelda on the switch though from the um no i'm not oh you modded it never mind. <laughs> no i didn't mod it but i'm not using the switch he's I'm playing play it legally Continue. i'm playing the gamecube version and yeah it's legal yeah uh, <laughs> it's possible I'm playing the game. Yeah, I'm playing the GameCube version um, because I downloaded something to play the GameCube version and um, I wanted to play. I'm going to play something else in the future. Skies of Arcadia. I really, Ooh. really want to play. I haven't played that in years. I freaking love that RPG. Oh, that's a good game. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I want I want to I basically downloaded that. So then in the future, I could also then play Skies of Arcadia. Um, but Skies yeah, of Arcadia on PC. I thought you could get it. No, no, I don't it, think so. It's not, which is a huge bummer. So basically, it's just so it GameCube and PS2. So it came out on the Dreamcast, Dreamcast first. Dreamcast. Came out on Dreamcast first, and then there's a GameCube version that's um, Skies of Arcadia Legends. And that's the top tier version that everyone says. That's, that's the best one, I believe, because I think there's like an extra character and okay. maybe some other. I don't actually remember what extra stuff it is, but okay. I know there's like an actual extra character in that game. Or in that version, which is really cool. But yeah, I'm playing Legend of Dragoon. I just started that on Friday. I saw that. Yep. Um, Final Fantasy VII, the uh, the original one. I, Legend uh, Ocarina of Time. So I'm playing some older stuff, and I'm kind of trying to balance everything with some newer yep. and older stuff. It's really fun. So yeah, yep. yeah you, you, can you can emulate uh, Skies on PC at 4K. Did the, the Skies of Arcadia come out on Switch? Was there a port to the Switch or no? no. Okay. Uh, they need. I would love a remaster. A remaster of that. Yeah. I would love a remaster. Yeah, that, of that game is beloved. They should definitely do that. Um. All right. Let's uh, quick go through a couple other things we're either playing or watching. So anything that hasn't been mentioned before we close out with some headlines before we do a spoiler cast. I just, I just wanted to add because Derek had mentioned the uh, whatever was what it Shadow of Rose um, DLC. Um. Mm -hmm. So I, I'd say score wise, yeah, probably around the same. Um. I, yeah. I think visually and, and sort of what they do in the second half of that, like uh, like Derek said, he it, it is scary and definitely maybe not so much his style. I don't mind the style. Um, I thought it was really interesting, but um, I don't know. I, I've always been very like not that into DLC. So for me, it's just like it's it's a short DLC. It does feel kind of rushed because it's short. Um, I, I think that there is an interesting moment towards the end there, which is kind of nice. Um, I'm trying not to be too specific, but oh, we're we're changing Tatum shows up. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah <laughs> no, absolutely. Yeah, it's very heartfelt. Um, but I mean, the boss fight. I didn't hate the boss fight. I thought it was. Um, it felt. It just felt more. Um, not traditional. It, traditional Resident Evil like 
focusing so much with your weapons. You you are still using your weapons, but there's just kind of more to it because Rose obviously is unique. Um, you know, with her abilities, like we we all know that she has abilities. It was literally in the trailer. We just know that that's she has abilities. Um, but yeah, I mean, yeah, the end is kind of like. I thought it was interesting the way they wrapped it over to and Derek under the how they wrapped it back to village. Yeah. It's like, oh, OK, I see what they did there. Um, but yeah, then it just kind of ends. And I remember them saying leading up to the release, they're like, oh, so this is going to conclude the story. And they kind of almost were trying to say, like, it's going to feel really satisfying. And it's like it just ends. And it's like, yeah. oh, all right. I, I kind of was expecting a little more there, like an extra moment at the end there. And it didn't happen. So I was like, oh, all right. Yeah. Cool. We're done. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I didn't hate it. Honestly, Village, truthfully, the ending of Village is more of a wrap than this. Like, it still Mm. leaves you all. The only difference here, and I don't think I'm spoiling anything by saying this, is the only difference here is you just get to play as Rose. But it doesn't actually, like, close out Rose's story or anything. You could literally apply that same ending that they give you on and her story to yeah. to village and be like eh, it's the same thing yeah it's the same thing you only difference is you got to play as her yeah, there's That's like it. a close there's like a closing scene at the end of village like isn't that post credit scene where you kind of get an idea that things will continue with what's yeah. going on with her like they kind of close it out that way and yeah. so and that's and that's why and that's why for me like dlc's just always just it always feels like a thing that they're like we have to make something so people like turn back around and like oh i gotta go back to this i gotta Dude, that, the witcher <laughs> dlc's were so unique because they right. were that, so freaking good yes and they, and they had and they were complete stories that had great conclusions and you felt like awesome this felt like a separate chapter to this game yeah. they yeah. felt I, like uh for like The Witcher 3, it felt like The Witcher 3.25, The Witcher yeah. 3.5. Like it, did. it didn't feel yeah. like um, it, it was still part of The Witcher 3, but it didn't feel like you had to play The Witcher 3 to understand what was going on in those. You could have jumped into Blood and Wine and not had played the, the yeah. game at all. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe yeah. some characters would be like, who is this? But like you could have sure. experienced it and enjoyed it without that. Which yeah, is in- what a lot of DLCs try to do. The difference here and the reason why we praise The Witcher 3 is The Witcher 3's expansions, or whatever you want to call them, were more fleshed out, not rushed. A lot of games don't do that anymore. If they release DLC, they try to keep it... I think it's because a lot of people don't play DLC. Um, they try to keep it like three to five hours max, and you can't really flesh out in a video game. In a movie, yes. In a show, yes. But in a video game, you can't flesh out characters. You can't flesh out a story a lot of times when it's rushed like that. And that's what happened here. It was Dude, the other DLC that I highly recommend is Assassin's Creed Odyssey. And they mm. have some chunky DLC. Like, there's so chunky. much content. It's real chunky. chunky. The one especially that takes chunk. you... There's one that takes you into, like, um, into Hades. And you go to a couple other places. Mm-hmm. And... And the way those maps open up, and they give you like mini open worlds to now explore in AC, yeah. Odyssey, and the stories are great. And I just I loved I loved their DLC. and that like almost seems like too power. much, right? But but if you're only if that's like a if you're like playing a handful of games in an entire year, then that's fantastic, you know. But that's, that almost seems but like too. I much. think I love that they poured that into that DLC. Yeah, no, you didn't of course, have yeah, to yeah. play it. But if you were like right. 
just an Odyssey mega fan and you're like, mm-hmm. I just want more of this and I've explored every corner of this world yeah. somehow, even though it's crazy big. Um, but I've somehow explored it all and I want more. They gave you a ton more. Same with The Witcher 3. It's like... And that's what they did with Valhalla. They just didn't do it, I don't think, quality level at the level that The Witcher 3's expansions Agreed. or DLCs are. Yeah. Uh, for Valhalla, I played the two. The Paris even... one was pretty cool. Yeah, it was, they're they're decent. They're tra- telling it's their own stories. They're re. The thing is, is you're replaying the, essentially Valhalla, which I already spent eighty to hundred hours in. Right. Yeah. They don't change much. It's like the same mm-hmm. gameplay, and then you're just in a different story. Um, the new DLC, the actual what I would consider expansion, because it's like forty dollars. Now that they change the gameplay. And they change the setting. They do all that for Valhalla. Um, yeah, wasn't that like the Ragnarok do, DLC? Or yeah, whatever? but they only they that was scoring like six and sevens because it was. And I played like three hours of it, and I was like, I'm not really, I'm not feeling this. This isn't. Mm. This is not what I want. To Makes play. you appreciate the good stuff. Yeah. Um, so House of the Dragon just finished season one, and yeah, listen, I know HBO Max has crazy subscriber numbers right now, and and I think one of the big reasons is because of house of the dragon. Cause what yeah. they're going through and the way that things are kind of shifting over there, you'd think that they would be hurting. Right. It's all something where they're just under a hundred million subscribers. Wow. I think they're like yeah. 95 million subscribers. Like that's crazy. And they're one of the more pricier. Well, it's 15 bucks a month, right? It is 15 a month. Yep. So, um, so I anyway, mean, I, I think I this show, phone, so. this show is mm-hmm. being praised by folks, even who, I think are being overly harsh of the way the main Game of Thrones, and I didn't even love the way main Game. Yeah, of I didn't love it, but I, I'm, I, but I was like, I that's the story they told, and it is yeah. what it is, and I, yeah. it had its moments, and I was fine with it. It's like that's that's the story they told. I'm more interested in reading the books whenever those someday hopefully come out. That being said, this is being this this show seems to be loved by people who even were like, I'm done with Game of Thrones. I don't want their spinoffs and prequels, yes. and they're like, dude, I kind of love this show. Like that's the yes. vibe that I've heard from people. But yeah, I, I, this I, is. I was just going to say, I think this is, has to do with because it's giving you Game of Thrones season one vibes and you're starting off with a whole new set of characters, a whole new set of like a new whole new area. Yes, I get that it's a prequel, but most people, unless you study everything about this, don't even know how a lot of these people are even related. Um, and I think that, that and they are related. Yes, they are definitely lots of inbreeding. Oh my god! (laughs) But they they reset this, and I think that's the advantage. What I'm trying to say is, once you get to season two, three, four, five, six, and they don't start doing what everybody thinks they should do, you're going to get the same whining and complaining. Especially if this is a huge hit, which right now it is. But if it continues to be a huge hit, I don't think I don't. It's not going to have the same. It's not going to have the same problem because. The House of the Dragon uh, book that it's based books book that it's based on is done. There's no question about that. It's done. Mm-hmm. We don't need to. If anything, you just need to flesh out certain parts. That's about it's it. It's not like, hey, we have source material for five seasons, and then we have to make it up as we go. Yeah, then we the have last to three. make it up. Yeah. Um, so, and George R. R. Martin is he's in the writers' room writing this show. It's not like Game of Thrones where it was like mainly two guys doing it, you know, like that that didn't write the books. I gotta tell you, man, I think the sweet spot for shows like this is like four seasons. Yeah. And and I, like when I am a mega fan of a show, I want season five season. I want them to keep going because yeah. I love it so much. But I've over over time, I feel like shows that kind of wrap things up around season four. There's some exceptions. Maybe it's a season five. Those are like Breaking Bad's a great example. Five seasons. 
Yeah. And it did not you always know, say it's welcome. Westworld was just going to do one last season and that's it. Oh, that's such a but bummer. They the got thing canceled. is with season four, the way that it ended, uh, which, by the way, season four is like my favorite Westworld season outside of the first one. Like, it's so yeah. freaking good. Um, the way they ended it, though, has such a sense of like, oh, this could be it. This could be the end of the show. So it works. It's not that upsetting. So it works they, as a closing. They, they kind of did it perfectly. Yeah accidentally perfect a great again i'll go back again a great example is dexter it would it would be up there in my favorite shows ever (laughs) if it was just a four season show and it ended where it ended on that tragedy and it's just like oh my god wow what like if that's all we still had they haven't given us any more dexter since then i'd be like remember dexter what a freaking masterpiece that was but i don't i don't think that's how i feel i feel like shows drag on and what they do is they they just replace scenarios over and over but you get tired of it it becomes fatigue and you you're just like okay i've seen this over and over how many times it's gonna get over? or the excitement of this new love relationship is no longer exciting you've played it out forever yep. or they finally get the girl and now you're you're like oh the show's still going that was the climax <laughs> of the show like that type of stuff like they don't it feels realize. like you're calling out jim and pam a little bit i, I heard some jim like, and pam from the God. office there for a second <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Um, I think there's plenty of examples of that, too. I agree with you 100%. Um, but this this one just finished season one. Sounds like season two isn't going to even start filming till next year. So it's going to yeah. be a minute till we get season Yeah, two. and then the CG is going to take forever to do. So I imagine it'll be like summer 2023 or something like that. But uh, 2024, sorry, yes. Yeah, 2024. Um, but I did want to put it on the notes to check back in and let you guys know. Uh, first full season, knocked it down. It's freaking great. Highly recommend going back to it. It's It's awesome. Nice. Um, Go back to the Game of Thrones world, I guess, is what I mean by that. But yes, it's really good. Yeah, the HBO um, subscription is going to be circling back for me here pretty soon because I've got time to kind of do my rotation of catching up on stuff because I think I'm all caught up on most things on Peacock. So that one we're turning off. Like we're just kind of like I said before, we're kind of rotating. Oh, you haven't. um, Have you started a friend of the family yet? No, that one didn't interest me. Um, It's really good. It's not. Is it all all the way out yet? Right. It's not. A, uh, the final episode comes out next week, I think. Yeah, I, I might circle back. It's just low. Like if I had to rank all the shows I'm behind on, that yeah. one's pretty low on the. There's list. one on there too called The Capture that is amazing, and they just uh, dropped the second season on Peacock. Yeah. yeah. Now you're telling me I got to get Roku too. It's too much. It's too much. <laughs> um, that one's free, man. That one's free. Just sign up, basically. <laughs> so you did watch The Good Nurse. Any quick thoughts on that? We talked about. Yeah. Last the, week. I just the only reason I wanted to circle back on it is because of uh, I don't know just how impressed I was was with the pacing of it and how yeah. well researched the writing was in terms of like hospital terminology and, and stuff like that um, and how how they tackled the Eddie Redmayne's character like the real person they made him so unassuming until the third act when they arrested him and then you see the cracks and he yeah. is like. When he's breaking down, being interrogated, it's just some of the best acting. screaming, I can't. Well, yeah, yeah. It's just so, it's so unsettling. And then when he finally does start listing the names of people and he, some he can't even remember, um, it's like, it's like a totally different person because they, they, the way that they sold it was perfect. It was like this friendly guy that you would never suspect would do this type of thing. And, and, and sure enough, he's a, he's a freaking serial killer, dude. It's, it's. Wow, they did, they did such a good job with that. And, and of course, I'm impressed with Jessica Chastain. She always does amazing in, like, every role. Uh, but Eddie Redmayne is, like, hit or miss for me. He gets a little too whispery sometimes. Uh, but in this, he's he's just awesome, dude. He's like... Yeah, and the uh, 
the Fantastic Beast movies, he's always got a weird like hunch to him, and he's kind of like yeah. peeking at everybody. It's like, what are you doing? I what think is that they're movie? trying to have him be autistic without making him autistic, if that makes sense. Yeah, because like, his eyes are always kind of like it. darting around, like he won't look yeah. at anyone. It's like, all right, dude. It's weird quirks I, and yeah. stuff. But you know, this he's great in this. Jessica Chastain is great. It's just a yeah. fantastic flick. And I love uh, seeing. Uh, I think his name's Noah Emmerich. Uh, I love seeing him in just any cop role. From the he Truman just, Show, he remember he was in the it. Truman Show. He was yeah. the Truman's buddy. The last thing I'd ever do is lie to you. Oh man, uh, <laughs> that scene still makes me so mad. So I'm like, lie to him right now. It's so good. Um, he so, was the cop in. I think he's in the Americans. I think he's like the main antagonist. For that's another that. show I never watched. The Russian Family. Uh, I assume it's on Hulu because it's an FX show. But uh, he's so good as like a fed federale basically, yeah. or a cop of some kind. He's just so good in that. And by the way, Derek, what you were saying earlier about shows that start to repeat stuff, the show that came to mind because you mentioned The Americans was 24 is one of those shows that I loved for a few seasons there. I was like, yeah. this, there's nothing else like this. And then it's they brought it so back again. Fun. Yeah. And then like, I forget what, I think there's like eight seasons. It's way too much. Like it, it's just too. And then they did like a repeat. They brought like the, like a uh, revisited season. I don't know what they, they did. did. They tried to bring it back. Um, so anyway, that, that's a show that came to mind for that. Um, speaking of shows, I finished out uh, Midnight Club season one. Finally, that's a really um, good show. Yeah, I I did really enjoy it. It's not what I expected. I still like I much. I enjoyed his last uh, series way more. Yeah, the, same. Uh, what's that one called? I'm Midnight out. Mass. It's Midnight same Mass. Yeah, Midnight. I thought Midnight Mass was Midnight. just yeah. so 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 good, and I thought this right. one was. I thought this one was good. But there are certainly moments where I started to be like, are they going to explain anything? Because the pacing is starting to annoy me. Like, so that was just me, though. That was me. Like, I needed to just let let the stories tell themselves out and like let it breathe. And yeah. this is definitely a show where you have to have patience because. Yeah, this is um, not in my on purpose. It's not in like even my honorable mentions of all the freaking shows that I love from this year. Like, it's yeah. really good. But acting, I the acting is it's great. The pacing hurts it a little bit, for the sure. The acting is great. It's very creative, and I and by the end you kind of see what it is that they're doing, and you see it before that, like you get an idea of what it is they're doing with, yeah. with these stories and everything. Anyway, it was good, um, and I did finally watch the gentleman. It's like Guy Ritchie. The gentleman, yes. And yes. Uh, that was that was really fun. I loved that movie, dude. I've never seen Hugh Grant just smarming up more on screen, like just his. He was having a blast. I'll be honest. I've never seen, and this is coming from a fan, a Sons of Anarchy fan. I've never seen Charlie Hunnam in a good movie role until this movie, dude. Me and he either. has been trying. He has been trying so hard yeah. to have like that one role that's really good. He was great. He had a very understated but like believable and really likable character. Matthew McConaughey just nails it. Like I oh, loved man. it. Like that whole movie was so. And Colin Farrell, that whole re like restaurant. Oh, I forgot about scene. Colin Farrell. Yeah, he's Colin so Farrell's in it. Like yeah. what a good movie, man. The Gentleman is a fantastic flick. I highly recommend Did it. Did you know they're making a, they are doing a show about it and they announced like a bunch of cast for it. I think oh, they're going to start shooting. I'll totally watch that. I love uh, yeah, it. And I think it is supposed to be connected. Like it's not like a, its own show. It's, okay. I think Guy Ritchie has a part in it and stuff. Yeah, I love it. The Hugh Grant and Charlie Hunnam dynamic, which is a good chunk of the movie, is a story being told. And sometimes it's the real version and sometimes it may not be. Right. So, like, it's just really creative. And also, their dialogue is, I mean, it's just, it yeah. takes me back to the good old days of Snatch and stuff like that. Like, it just, it, it was does. So yeah, fun. I agree. So fun. I love that one. And the humor, the dark humor, the dark jokes that involve violence and stuff. It just, oh, it's, yeah. It's old school Guy Ritchie. It, yeah. Yeah. It was very refreshing. I had a really good time with that one. I did finally watch The Gray Man, 
which is a blast. What a fun movie that is. Such a fun time. Um, highly man. recommend. Yeah, I got shot in the ass, Sharon. Dude, uh, Chris Chris Evans, (laughs) speaking of having fun with the role, like Hugh Grant, Chris Evans had a lot of fun kind of being able to be a jerk on screen again because he's been such a, uh, not tightly wound, but like buttoned up hero for so many years as Captain America. And I think he really had fun being a straight up, absolute brutal villain. And uh, and that was a fun movie and great set pieces. The Russo brothers know how to to make a freaking movie. And... uh, I just thought it was fun. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, I agree. I love the uh, the entire thing where he's handcuffed to a park bench and there's a bunch of chaos going on. Such a great sequence. And then it then it leads to the car and chase. To the tram. And, the tram. Yeah, the tra- yeah, the tram and the car chase and stuff like that. And like just a brilliant setup. And, and like there's, I love there's moments where the, I get a lot of strong born identity vibe. Yes, and then there's yeah. some close combat where I'm kind of like, oh, it was a little bit John Wick, but not like there's a little bit of pieces yeah. of other action movies, but it's it's still its own thing. And I thought, yeah, like I just love the whole whenever a character calls out something that's stupid uh, in the movie, like he's clearly handcuffed to a park bench and everybody's shooting around him. And he's yeah. and Chris Evans is like, can somebody shoot the guy handcuffed to a park? <laughs> he's so mad. And yeah. I'm like, thank you. Like, at least somebody said it because it. You know, you need to have somebody say something, call yep. out something that's kind of dumb in the movie, or, or it just, it I don't know, just hits me wrong, basically. Yep, that one was really good. Um, Billy Bob Thornton has mm-hmm. a good role in that, Billy too. Bob. The only drawback, really, is just Ana de Armas is so ugly. She's hard to look at. <laughs> she's so damn. Oh, she's dude, just, like, seriously. like she's hideous. So. What a butterface, right? She's actually <laughs> what made me turn gay. <laughs> she's what oh, made Oh, no. You're not vaxxed, either? <laughs> hey, by the way. Vaxxed against the gayness? Obviously, we're being sarcastic. She's yeah. not <laughs> ugly. Yeah, she um, is. Uh, no. She she's naked a lot in that Marilyn Monroe movie, and I was like, "Put the clothes back on. This is disgusting." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't see that. Um, but I did see that there's announced that she's gonna. I don't know if it's connected to the John Wick universe, but she's been attached yeah. to a project called uh, Ballerina. Yeah, I think it's Ballerina. Yeah, yeah. It's a spinoff. Yeah. It's a spinoff. Yeah. It's a spin-off. Yeah, it's set in the same world. Yeah. Is she in a John Wick movie? And I just missed it. Is she in the fourth no. one? Maybe? No, she oh, hasn't okay. been in any of them yet. Yeah. Okay. Um, and last one was Uncharted. Just wanted to mention that one. It's a video game. Related. We've talked about it. This this movie started off like I legitimately in the first ten minutes or so I was like I don't know if I want to watch this because I just want to go play the game. Like I just I wasn't feeling it. Their vibe wasn't right. Their interaction yeah. was just off. It feels like everyone was phoning it in, but I just left the movie on and kept paying attention to it. And then it started to kind of pull me back in. And I actually thought by the end I was like all right I kind of enjoyed their dynamic. The story was fun. And the action set pieces were just great. Yeah. So I by the time the it movie wrapped, was really good. By the time it wrapped up, I was like, "This is a, this is one of the better video game adaptation movies." It I've seen. feels like an Uncharted game. The only thing that's off, and it's no knock to him. I like him as Mark Wahlberg. I like him, but he's not. He's not Sully. Sal. He's Sully. more. Well, he's more Nathan Drake than he is Sully. Like he just so it felt more like two Nathan Drakes than it. He was supposed to be Nathan Drake at some point. I'm right. remember that. Right. I remember years ago. That. Years ago. Yeah. Um, but I actually did. Like I went into the movie going, "This is going to be so annoying." The dynamic between Nathan and Sully, between these two actors specifically, and then I came away from the movie kind of like liking it, yeah. like as one of the better aspects of the movie. Um, yeah. I thought their banter was actually quite funny. Yeah. It took a. It, honestly, it takes a minute to get going. Um, it does in terms of them being likable and the movie working like their interactions working but it does yeah. it starts to work and then it clicks so so I liked it I thought it was a good movie um, alright let's go through a couple headlines here before we put a bow on this one um, 
so Phil Spencer, guys, I don't know if you knew this, but it's been a quiet year for Xbox first party games. And so what? Phil, Phil's here to tell you that that's true. I don't know if you knew that. <laughs> he's here to tell us. Oh, he's here to, here tell, to you. tell you he's releasing another controller. Um, <laughs> so there is only one game releasing this year, and it's Obsidian's Pentiment. That is an all new game that's been developed internally at any Xbox game studio this year. That's the only game. First yeah. party game. Better be a. 9 out of 10 or a 10 out of 10. Or That's else. crazy. That doesn't mean there haven't been any <laughs> console exclusives. There's been a handful, like As Dusk Falls. There was a yeah. major expansion for Forza 5. Uh, Age of Obvious. Empires have been re-released. Uh, Grounded was officially released, even though it was in preview for a couple years. Um, so, I still couldn't get into that game. But there's just it's been very I, yeah, quiet. Yeah, I'm just, not, there's I'm no just not ready for it yet, basically. There's no avoiding the fact that it's been quiet. But next year... If, you know, Kyle's not here to tell us things will get delayed, so I think they'll arrive on time. <laughs> um, so next year, some of the things on the docket include... But Fortnite. I did some digging. I did, I did a little <laughs> digging. digging. God damn it. Uh, the, next year's slate includes things like Forza Motorsport, Redfall, Stalker 2, Heart of Chernobyl, and Starfield. And that's, of course, outside of anything we might see... And I don't, I'm not saying we would next year, but, you know, the Fables and Halos, the Gears. You know, we don't know what else they might release like i think it's yeah. probably the most likely a gear six potential but i if even if it's just those if those are the main first party games released that's a solid year if they if mm-hmm. they get forza motorsport isn't stalker the delay of stalker isn't that more more related to the war um war or yeah. oh big time okay but it's, so we still don't know it's expected for 2023 but who knows man um yeah who knows uh and of course starfield so like those are if those if they deliver, that's going to be a strong year then. But I do feel like Redfall is coming for sure because I, I keep seeing more and more gameplay of that than anything just, from Starfield. They just did another. They've done previews before, but they yeah. did another preview like about two or three weeks ago that was just kind of out of nowhere. It was just yeah. like, oh, by the way, Redfall's still here. We're going to talk about talk about yeah. it. And that's a game that I'm extremely excited for. That one looks cool. Yeah. It looks awesome. So I'm telling you, this is why Phil brought up the whole price. Hike and he's like, but not right now because it's coming when Redfall, Starfield. It's coming when they start releasing. Redfall is an Unreal Engine Five game. They are totally price hiking for that game. Yes, yeah, going to be a thousand dollars. It's gonna. Uh, so some for Game Pass one. games. We just talked about a few of them: Legend of Tending, Ghost Song, um, Walking Dead, of New Frontier, and the Michonne Complete Season are both out on Game Pass. At least on PC, they are. I think they might have already been on console. Uh, football manager Return to Monkey Island is going to be hitting Game Pass on November 10th. Vampire Survivors, the console version, it's already on PC. I think, Dan, you talked about that one briefly a while back. Which um, one, sorry? Vampire Survivors. It's like that. It's like a, it's like a bullet hell no. survival. Not me, no. Oh, I thought it was you. Might have been something else. But... And then and then Pentiment and Somerville are both supposed to come out. On oh, one. Somerville. That sounds familiar. Yep. That so, that's the one I'm excited about, yeah, because that's the one where it's like it's pixelated, but it's like it's like a family, and yeah. they're like trying to escape like through all these different. Envi- I, th- I think it's like an alien. It almost gives me a vibe of like an alien invasion going on, hmm. and they're trying to like escape. I know I've heard of this before. I know. Yeah. And I yeah, think somebody that? in this game says, "Welcome to Earth." Welcome yeah. to Earth. <laughs> yeah, it looks it looks very. Uh, you keep my quotes out your mouth. It does, it does not look uplifting. If that's if you're looking for an uplifting game, Somerville does not look super up, uplifting. Um, Ghostwire Ghostwire Tokyo has been rumored to hit uh, Xbox in 2023, mm. and that's because there was an um, like a poster in the background, basically, 
showing the workplace at Bethesda in their London office, mm. and it showed not only Ghostwire Tokyo, the artwork, which makes sense, obviously it's a Bethesda game, but it actually listed it as Xbox, PlayStation, and PC. So it listed those three. So oh, okay. So we're just making like an assumption, but I mean, it makes sense though. They own. It's fair to assume it's going to yes. release about yeah. a year after it released. I mean, that's kind of what they did with Dead De- uh, Deathloop. So yes, about a year yeah. after its exclusivity, yeah. it, it hit the other console. So, um, so that's likely to come. Although there's nothing official yet. Mario Plus Rabbit Sparks of Hope DLC is going to be coming out in a couple separate packs. Um, the combat mode sounds interesting to me, so I'm curious to see what that one's about. I didn't get the season pass for this, so I'm gonna wait. It's, this is a wait and see for me, even though I am really mm. enjoying the the main game. Um, they are gonna. I mean, if you think about the first game, they had the big Donkey Kong DLC, and they released some other little pieces of content here and there. So we'll get some more of that. There's gonna be a a new mysterious foe and a chant and on, on some enchanting planet. Sounds amazing uh, for mid next year. So they'll do what they do with most of their major games. They'll have a couple waves of DLC. Mm-hmm. Support going, and it sounds like they're all being anticipated at least for next year. Um, yeah, nothing bleeding over into 2024. Yep, at least so far. So, uh, um, there's that. Nick, yeah. Sorry, real quick, because I had shared that in the the thumbnail. Derek, did you did you talk about um, Bayonetta two? I, th- no. I didn't even about- remember. Okay, all right. So I need to. Never mind. Okay, my apologies. Continue. <laughs> I yeah, to, uh, I don't think any of us have spent more time with three, and at least not enough to talk about it. And okay. I finished two, but I had actually mentioned that last week that I was essentially at the end. I was wrapping it up. Oh, okay, okay. But I, I, I think I actually finished it after we recorded last week. I, I bumped it down to easy and just wrapped up that game. So, um, sometimes that's what you got to do. That's it. Um, PlayStation Plus subscribers have dropped by nearly two million users. Now, let me put this in context. It was like one. It was like 145, and now it's 143. So like, it's a small percentage, but it's still significant. Two millions a lot. But the reason is really the most important thing, Tim. Yeah. The reason. What, what is the reason? Tell me the reason. Oh, did you did you not have that there? No, you tell me the reason. I want to hear it from you. Oh well, well it's you know what the issue is. It's we're all just so we're so interested in going outside. We want to uh, go outside and play. We yeah. want to play outside <laughs> with our toys. We want to uh-huh. go to the playground and play on the. Flashlight tag, right? Remember flashlight tag? Flashlight we love going tag. outside playing flashlight tag. Yeah. So, the flag, she haven't played outside in 10 years, but yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking stupid-ass Jim, Jim Ryan with this dumb nonsense. Like, dude, shut the hell up. Enough of your nonsense. Christ. Like, do you remember the pandemic? Everyone was inside. Now they're going outside. Yeah, so now, yeah. our subscribers are down by 2 million. That makes sense. Um, but again, it's not at all tanked by any stretch. I don't want to make sound. Oh. And their, their overall revenue is up, apparently. This is according to them. And they expect to recoup subscribers over the next few months because people are going to go back inside. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's going to get cold out and people are going to go inside. So. People are going to go back inside. It's going to be fine. <laughs> I do think it, it is the timing of it is uh, not suspect, but it's it's pretty telling that it's because of the restructure of their uh, yes. PS Plus mm. uh, pricing. It's obvious. What have you. It's. I mean, that's clearly what it is. I mean, know? they're going to have to revisit that and decide, do we want these convoluted tiers or do we just want to have like a PS Plus subscription that's a set price and you either have it or you don't. Make it like Game Pass. Yeah. You can do tiers if you want to. If you feel like you want to like hand out little bits of it, that's fine. If you want to do, if that's working for you. But I think the smart play is going to be, here's what I PlayStation I just really plus. think that, I don't mind if they have like, there should have only been two tiers. There should be, if you just basically want online and uh discounts that's your base tier and then if you want any catalog it's that next tier up this 
three tiers is absolutely stupid. Every time I get an advertisement on my PlayStation 5, do you want to upgrade? I'm like, which one does which? I don't know which one does which. And I'm like, I'm not interested, so I'll just stick to standard. No. Two tiers easy to follow, for sure. Yeah. So, it, it, I and I'm actually educated on it. I'm just saying, like, I'm not in... I'm not studying it all the time, so when it does advertise, do you want to upgrade? I'm like, but why would I upgrade? And so I'll go look and oh. see, did Jay add anything I'd be interested in? And I'm like, well, I don't know which one's in which tier. This is stupid. Yeah. I'm out. This is dumb. Should have just it's, had two it, tiers. It, it's convolute. It, they, it convolutes the whole thing, you know? So. Plus, they did a really, really terrible job of supporting the top tier with, like, actual, legit, like, classic games people would care about. Or new Dude, releases. For- yeah, yeah, but for for years they were like with backwards compatibility. When people were like, "We want backwards compatibility," they they did that dumb PlayStation Three error bullshit of like being like, "Nobody wants that. Nobody wants that." It's like, dude, literally yes, Xbox dude. for years went out of their way and tinkered with their hardware and engineered like the backward like just just figure it out. Enough of your bullshit. Enough of your excuses. Just figure it out. G- game game preservation is super important. We're losing these old games. I have to do nonsense wizardry when i'm streaming because i can't access these games easily yeah <laughs> so just figure it out yeah it's interesting uh i don't even think i've used my ps5 since i played stray and that was also the last that was the only ps plus like day one launch game that i'm aware of at least uh, at least the only mm-hmm. notable one and i haven't used my ps5 since then sorry i haven't been but console gaming i mainly pc i use the steam deck i use my switch and i use the xbox for like TV games. streaming, yeah. So, sorry. Um, anyway, that's also because the, by the way, the TV watching apps on, on the PlayStation Five are, they just function way worse compared to the Xbox oh, ones. Do I they? don't know why. At least for me, they do. Like, they mm. they crash more and they're harder to navigate to. Maybe I need to go in and fix my own navigation now that they updated the UI a little bit. But anyway, I just use the Xbox. It's easier. Um, Last of Us HBO show, speaking of needing to resubscribe to HBO here pretty soon, is going to premiere in January, January 15th. I'm so, so excited, dude. It's oh, happening. Man. I'm so excited for Ron Swanson as Bill. Oh, it's going to be so good. Oh, my God. Yeah, dude, I totally forgot about that. <laughs> Holy shit. That's going to, yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. So that's uh, that's coming up soon. I can't it's wait to get more. Tra- I've been loving their marketing for this uh, so far. Because they've barely been showing anything. Like, even the trailer they dropped was a teaser, and we barely got spoken words. So, like, I'm excited to see more and more footage as we're coming towards release date. Yep. yep. Yeah, I think this is going to be a hit. I, my expectations just gonna are just going to watch it. I'm not going to watch trailers. Yeah, I'm trying to avoid any more. I watch anything on God of War. I don't really care. I already know yeah. I'll like it. I actually sold stopped, on it. Yeah. I've stopped okay. listening. I, there were two podcasts this week, two gaming podcasts that where you know they've all finished god of war already because everyone had super early access to it and they wanted to talk about it and they're like don't worry this will be spoiler free and right away they dove into some what i think are like pretty detailed experiences Channing tatum like, oh, is a troll in it and stuff i'm yes. done <laughs> Channing tatum troll it's actually his face <laughs> on a big troll monster <laughs> oh man uh, um he definitely yeah i've only thing. watched the videos that uh Sony has been doing a pretty good job, or at least Santa Monica, whoever's in charge of the marketing has been doing a pretty good job. But the way that they're doing their trailers is like, here's, they're actually just doing behind the scenes vignettes of like, here's our logic behind the character design for this one. And that's it. They're not really telling you much as far as story goes or what the world looks like. They're just saying, 
here's here's our logic behind our choices and that's yep. about it yep so i am excited insightful. for yeah. excited for that hbo show last of us excited for god of war next week there's a lot of good sony stuff going on so i don't want to sound all negative on them but i am going to get negative here for a second uh psvr2 <laughs> is launching in february that the tech itself is exciting i'm curious i would love to try it out because i really did enjoy psvr1 it just it felt like like a first draft of a really cool thing you know mm. what i mean like like almost there but needs some tweaks and this is sounding like the tech's gonna be there except it's 550 bucks and i'm like i can't i'm not that's more than the ps5 i'm not gonna do this so um at least not now maybe later but it's gonna that includes the headset and two vr2 sense controllers i mean well, i not, think it's a good price i'm not I saying the, the value isn't there i'm just saying yeah. i'm not investing in that right now well and that's what i was gonna say i have two answers i have do I think objectively it's a good price for what you're getting? Absolutely, when you compare it to the rest of the market. I just, as somebody who's owned PSVR, I've owned both the Quest. VR is not that fun. Most of the stuff's gimmicks. Until you can make like an actual game that I will sit and play in your headset for 60 hours. Right. That's you're a not time. fun. Yeah. Because yeah. most of the time, the movement and the even like the the Horizon game that they're like really trying to advertise for this new headset. I'm like, this doesn't look fun. Why don't I just go play Forbidden West, which is actually fun. This looks like a another like they're, they've obviously advanced it a little bit and made it a little bit better, but it's still a gimmick. It's not just this open world game that I feel like I can just explore and play and it be comfortable and fun. And I just don't think they're they're there yet. Yeah, maybe someday they yeah. will. Maybe it is just a gimmick. I don't know. Yeah. And that's that's the hard balance, I think, is, is you want to if you want to make it more than a gimmick, if you want to make it a real gaming experience, the price is only going to go up because the technology gets more and more intense. The requirements do so. So I get the balance of trying to strike there. Um, they did announce 11 new uh, more games. I, I don't know if they're all launch games. Some of these are. Um, but maybe even most of them, but they announced the Dark Picture Switchback VR. They announced Crossfire Sierra Squad, the Light Brigade, Cities VR Enhanced Edition, Cosmonius High, Hello Neighbor Search and Rescue, Jurassic World Aftermath Collection, which I think is two games, might be three, I think it's two games, um, Pistol Whip VR, Zenith, The Last City, After the Fall, and Tentacular. After the fall, by the way, it kind of looks a little bit like um, a little bit like division kind of days gone a little bit, a little bit of that vibe. I don't know if it's any good. That's just kind of yeah. the vibe that I got. So they're going to have some software for it for sure. Um, but we'll see. We'll see how it plays out. I'm sure it will sell fine. I, I don't see it being a hit at that price, but I could be way off base. Um, I think it will be a hit. I do. I don't think it will be, you know greatest selling thing but i think they're the psvr was a hit i think <coughs> well pre-orders start november 15th if that's in, if that interests you um you can pre-order that starting in a couple weeks oh, actually it's uh like a week and a half yeah you have to register though if you want to really have a shot because i At think pre-ordering it will sell out. yeah yeah um so ea is going to be making some more marvel games which is fine by me i, I want some more single player marvel games so motives 
um, Iron Man game, which we heard was announced a month or so ago. Still in the pre-production phase. It's still a ways out. Don't forget, that's the executive producer. It was the guy who worked on Guardians of the Galaxy at Eidos Montreal. So I have high hopes for that Iron Man game. I'm looking forward to that. They're also supposedly making this open-world Black Panther game, um, which is in the early stages of development, but it's being headed... It's a new studio um, that has the... It's being led by a guy who worked on the Shadow of War, Shadow of Mordor, Shadow of War games from my mm. So I hope those some of those mechanics are put in the Wakanda. That would be awesome, dude. That'd be cool. Some like kind the of villain, nemesis. yeah, nemesis system, yeah. That'd be cool. So they have at least at least three games is what they've said. Their partnership with Marvel, EA and Marvel. So that's two that's of right. them: Iron Man and Black Panther. We don't. Gives know me a little the... more hope than the Square and Marvel partnership. That's for sure. Yeah, it's just funny because EA has been the big bad for so long in the gaming industry. Uh-huh. Like all the micro, but they've kind of quietly become a relatively reliable publisher. You know, they're not always developing the games. A lot of times they're publishing games made by really good developers. And so let's see what happens with some of these. I think a lot of the issues people have with EA is how they direct people to develop games under them. You're right. So they have no problem funding good games, but for instance, to bring up Dragon Age, Dragon Age was always supposed to be a single-player RPG game by Bioware. And they clearly, once some of the older people from Bioware left, they started going, especially even with Inquisitions, multiplayer, multiplayer, multiplayer. And nobody cared about the multiplayer on Dragon Age Inquisitions. I'm not saying it was bad. Nobody cares. They don't buy that game for that. They buy the game for the single-player experience. And that's what they lost focus on with anthem and games like that they're they've done a poor job of really figuring out what customers actually want and going in that direction instead of going into the well everything needs to be multiplayer everything needs to be micro track transactions and yep. over flooding the market with that bull crap yeah they doubled down on that for a minute there and it really gave them a bad at least everyone that i talked to uh, had a bad taste in their mouth when it came to ea they're like oh ea is making it great it was that kind of a that, mm-hmm. that's also why um that's also why with the new dragon age for it's it's taken lo- it probably would have already been out now to be honest but they kept um going back and forth and all the kind of like um reports of it like being a game as a service and they just couldn't yeah because i think at pin, first it pin was down what it was supposed, supposed to be, to be. and then they yeah. made the announcement like hey guys guess what we're making it a single player experience oh you mean what you should have made it all yeah what right. it should have been from the start yeah. Um, Eidos Montreal is reportedly working on a new Deus Ex game. So thanks, Embracer oh, Group. Um, People have no idea how much I love that, that franchise. Yeah, and they're also they're helping uh, Xbox with Fable, and they are developing a separate new IP outside of Deus Ex. So they're cool. working. They're working on some stuff. Embracer is embracing them, that's for sure. Yay! You know who they're not embracing? Aww. The Hitman Go Studio. So Anoma is being shut down. So that's uh, very disappointing, man. Hitman Go is actually really good. Uh, it's a great I, little game. I thought I those it. games did pretty good. That's why they made like a Tomb Raider. The Tomb Raider games. one. I didn't like the Tomb Raider one as much, but Hitman was definitely more my speed. It Hitman like just had this really cool board, board game, game like yeah. strat, like chess kind of a thing. It was cool. Yeah, you had to really think through your moves and stuff. Like you were constantly going back and forth from the same space to make sure yeah. the enemies were lined up right and stuff before i liked that games 
Yeah, it was a real thinker of a game. Yeah. It was fun. It almost looked like uh, soap carvings or something. Like kind of these little white statues of every. Like yeah. I just thought it was very cool. Reminded me. Do you, do you ever see the opening for the show Black Sails, where they do a lot, of, like zoom in on the soap carvings during the opening of Black Sails of the Pirates? Anyway, I totally yeah, saw that. Yes, yeah. I think so. Doesn't Game of Thrones kind of do something? It's one of the. Them? It's one of the cooler um, TV show openings. I, mm -hmm. I highly recommend it. Um, it, kind of, it almost looks like um, someone has a bunch of figurines and carvings on a desk or something, and they're just filming desk. it real close up. It's just, it's a cool, desk. cool look. Um, Atomic Heart, which, by the way, is looking wacky Dude. and awesome. Man, I saw some it looks footage so from good. There's a footage from this desk. boss fight that someone intercut with a scene from The Incredibles where Mr. Incredible yeah, is yeah, fighting yeah. the big rolly <laughs> yep. thing. Um, that syndrome keeps upgrading to fight against him. And there's a boss in Atomic Heart that looks a lot like that. And it looks great. Yeah. Yep. It looks really cool. That's uh, coming out February 21st. That game looks bonkers. And... Right when there's nothing coming out. So that's, <laughs> right in that wait. window. Thank God. Perfect. Thank God. Yeah. We need Perfect. Kyle to delay that one. <laughs> Kyle, Kyle, get to work <laughs> on that one, would you? Um, <laughs> EA, by the way, speaking of EA, is planning to launch a major IP before April. This is because of their um, kind of fiscal year plans. And so oh. during their financial report, they had listed this major new IP was all that said. It didn't say what it was. Um, so it's a slide during their um, showing their game slate for their fiscal year that ends at the end of March. So March 31st is when that and they're still looking at Q4, which is January through March to release a major IP. So hmm. and this is not including the Dead Space remake uh, Wild Hearts, which is we already revealed that's separate. That's listed separately. Um, that kind of Monster Hunter esque game, um, a couple of sports games, PGA Tour, Super Mega Baseball four, I guess that would be. But some people think, oh, it doesn't say major new IP. It says major IP. A lot of people think this is Star Wars Jedi Survivor. It's the only one that we kind of know of that's in the works to be published by them and could be, you know, potentially far enough in development for them to be targeting first quarter. But who knows? And that's not the, the first one, the Fallen Order, released in holiday. Listen. Yeah, I was going to say that was a fall game or something, right? So like my expectation was that holiday 2023 would be Jedi Survivor. That's kind of what I was. That's thinking. what I thought. Yeah, that's what I thought when they revealed it. I was like, so oh, who knows? Like in a year. Could yeah. be. According to Jeff Grubb of GameSpot, um, of, of Giant Bomb, I guess, during their podcast. And he, I actually don't know his his success rate with all of these rumors because he's the source of a lot of insider <laughs> information, rumors that come through. I don't know what his success rate is, but he is saying, yes, it's definitely Jedi Survivor. And they're planning to release it in March. Hmm. 23 and they're they're gonna start hyping it up around game awards time so who knows I mean, if we start seeing trailers of game awards we could probably expect a march release date for that which would be that'd be amazing uh, be really cool oh man <laughs> yeah q1 yeah. of 2023 is gonna be stupid if that's what it is oh my yeah <laughs> but uh even if it is announced for that we all know it's gonna be delayed so delayed forever yep. don't get delayed. too excited but hey, you know what's Wars, awesome? Star Wars Jedi delayed is more like one it. of my favorite things that happened is last week we were all talking about Parasite Eve and how Square might be bringing that potentially bringing <laughs> that back Damn. because of this this uh, trademark for Symbiogenesis. It's not Parasite Eve. It is this playable NFT collectible art experience. Oh, cool! I'm excited about that. <laughs> Dude, I, I wasn't. Was, I wasn't. You're excited part. About you're part of the problem, Derek. You're part of the problem. <laughs> So this is so funny. Anything uh, that vexes Dan. Uh, <laughs> oh, that's I, mean, I, I guess that's what the thing is behind uh, Derek is an NFT. <laughs> I don't know what it is. So I assume that's it what might it is. as well be. That is yeah. so funny to me. Um, 
Yes, yeah, I mean, and and honestly, this is actually the the this is actually more offensive than the other final the other Square Enix thing that will pop up in a second. Or we can do that next if you want. Whatever you want, Tim, you're in charge. But well, let's do uh, that. Yeah. So people on the internet think that Naoki Yoshida is racist now, and the reason is because they're stupid, Dan. <laughs> more at eight. <laughs> <laughs> Tune in at five to hear. I wanted to. Uh, I, I, wanted, more diverse I wanted to make it like uh, the guy from Parks and Rec who's like, people think this because uh, they are stupid. Per yeah, per I really don't think people think this. By the way, I really think. No, they do. They do. No, man. I'm telling you, I get all this crap on YouTube where, and it's on the right wing side. So I'm not just making fun of liberals where they'll be like, woke Netflix does this and the people are mad. And I'm like, what people, buddy? Nobody. It's like three when people I, no one on cares. Twitter. But when I, when I say on Twitter. Right, but but what I'm saying, right, exactly, and it, it could be just a handful of people. The point, but the point is, it's 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 them trying to to bridge that over from, like, and again, I'm, I, you know what, I'm not from Japan. I don't actually know their culture. I don't, I don't think they actually have a lot it's of. Not uh, important that you understand the culture, so you're. Important. No, 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 no I, right. I'm just, I'm just. No, I understand. I'm just saying. I'm yeah. just saying for them, it's kind of like, all right, well, we're going to research this from the perspective of we're trying to do this as like an old medieval Europe type of setting. That's kind of what Yoshida mentioned. And he he gave like a really long winded answer. Um, this was an IGN interview. They asked him um, in regard to diversity in the game. Can we expect to see black characters in Final Fantasy 16 or people of color um, in general? And and then he just gave like this super, super long answer. And, okay, and yeah, nice. people. It was just very long-winded. It, I honestly it probably just hurt him more in the long run because then everyone just took it as like, oh, so you're not gonna put people of color in this because, because you're trying to sort of um, hold on. Let me just. Um... Well, the line that makes me laugh is where he says, "If we did this, even though we do think it's important, we believe that doing that would cause a violation of the narrative boundaries we originally set for ourselves." And I'm like, dude, you are talking in these dumb circles right now. Like, yeah. Just say that's not the vision we had for the game, even though I do think diversity is important, you know, whenever you can include it. That's just this is just the vision we had for this game. And it wasn't done. With yeah, I know. He, he it was a, like Dan said, long winded, long winded. And it sounds like you're trying to beat around the bush of saying, like, we just wanted to choose a story that we wouldn't have to put anybody that's darker than us. In. Like, it <laughs> sounds bad. But the just, problem is just is, say this is the vision for our game. And none of it was done with any. Yeah, that's and it. I agree with that's you it. in hindsight. But also this guy, I'm going to guess I don't have proof. I didn't read all this stuff. I'm going to guess when he did this interview with IGN, he wasn't like, oh, they're going to ask me a woke question. Caught him off guard. So a lot of this problem is I have more issue with IGN than his response. Sure. Why are you asking that dumbass question? Well, that's because that's because IGN, you man. want. We all know why they're asking that question. It's yeah. a trap. It's for a bounty, trick. For it's brownie a trap. points. Internet brownie points. Yeah. It's internet brownie points. It's to get clicks. It's to make a story out of a non-story. So that's what they're doing. It's and by the way, when Derek says to get clicks, he means like when the woke people like snap their fingers in approval of things. <laughs> I, I i want to just kind of grab some of the just so we have like straight from his from his mouth i mean there's a lot of it so i'm not going to read the whole thing but like this one mouth. section please <laughs> clarify yeah. that you're not white before you do this you're not allowed right. to do it if you're white 
So, like this one, this one part, uh, due to underlying geographical, technological, and geopolitical constraints of the setting, Valestia, which is the name of the world, uh, was never going to realistically be diverse as, say, a modern-day Earth, or even Final Fantasy XIV, which has a lot of different. There's literally like cat people and freaking dragon people in that. Like, there's all these creatures and everything. Um, you can change the tone of your skin in that game. Um, that the entire planet and moon worth of nations, races, and cultures at its disposal the isolate the isolated nature of this realm however does end up playing a large part in the story of one of the reasons Valesia's fate is tied to the rest of the world so he's saying it's like this very like isolated area where yeah i don't think i don't think at any point in this he's saying no there are no people of color there are none he says that people will be disappointed because it's not a balanced number of people but then he's also mentioning that it's like this area that t- this game takes place in is very isolated so i guess there just happens to be more white looking people quick question um, still tales, long to me still very tales, long yeah. tales yeah. of arise did it have black characters asians chinese well i mean i feel like the default animation is japanese chinese like or, so, they're all white I, I think um I think the yeah. most important honest so to me and this is the smallest part and I actually put it right in the um on the dock to me the most important thing which I think is literally what everybody in real life should be doing and and it's the opposite and that's why this shit happens because everyone worries about their goddamn checkboxes is Yoshida also said we simply want to we simply want the focus to be less on the outward appearance of our characters and more on who they are as people it's literally what are they black do you have any black characters. Like and listen, I'm I'm not a black man or whatever, but like, okay, I'm, what? I, I, I yeah, I know, shocking. S- spoiler. <laughs> Just but identify I'm, as one, and then we can move. But on. I'm liter- I'm literally an immigrant. I was born in Portugal. Where where's my Portuguese immigrant protagonist in video games? Like. Guess what? I don't care, actually, because it's just a fucking video game. Like, why are people so fixated on on having uh, representation in a in a video? I, do, I don't understand. I'm not saying it's wrong for them to feel that way, but then to get mad and then, like, start hurling insults at this but person. Why are we whatever, nitpicking like, games? That's why I asked about Tales of Arise. Well, like, sure. You would literally have to go through every game. Like, Xenoblade Chronicles 3. I don't remember anybody of color in that game. They're all white. No one asked. That's why. No one asked. They asked, but they asked Yoshida. Nobody cares. That's what I'm saying. It's a trap. It's a trap. It's a trap. It's a trap. They pick pick certain games, and it's just ridiculous. But that's what I'm trying to say. I guess The Last of Us, why are the main characters in both games just white? Like, I know that they have other characters of color, but why just the main? Like, I think you could ask the same. They all die. (laughs) The thing that that I'm curious about are these people that insist that all these checkboxes need to be checked. Like, because they'll say things like, well, why can't they just do it then? Why can't they just do it? It's like, it's like you're just answering a question with a question, though. The bottom line is these guys are making, these people are making a video game. They made choices. I get that they didn't do things that in your head, you're like, I want this. This is what I want in a video. I get it, whatever, it annoys you, I respect that, but, like, don't then start attacking the person, like, or, or the, or the developers, or whatever, like, yeah. it's just, it, I don't, I don't listen, understand. Like, I, listen, I, I, I understand why it's annoying, I actually don't have a problem with them asking that question, it's a, maybe they were generally curious, maybe they wanted points, whatever, like, sure. they can sure. ask whatever question they want, it's, it's up to him to answer it in a way that makes it news or not, I think, like, they're gonna ask the questions they're gonna ask, and you, the of way course. you answer it, if it's if it's just straightforward and boring, like 
Oh yeah. Then, oh yeah. Then it's it going does to, not resonate as much. Yeah. It just it's not going to get. But it, but if you dance around it and you try to explain it away, it's going to start raising eyebrows. Like, why is he? What's why he, is he talking so much here? about? That? I mean, I I have to disagree. I still have a. I'm saying I. I don't I have a problem with the question. I ask whatever question you want. What they want to do. I'm saying the motive behind it is what I have a problem with, that nobody should be asking these questions because I'm more in Dan's camp that let people make what they want. If an all-white team wants to create – I'm not saying they're white, by the way. I'm talking in general. An all-white team wants to make an all-white game, do yeah. it. If an all-black team wants to make an all-black game, do it. If an all-black team wants to make a white game, do it. Do whatever the freak you want. Stop checking off boxes. I don't care if you have it open to everybody. It's your choice. There's also business behind this. And the facts are this. White protagonists and more dominantly male protagonists do better and are more successful in movies, shows, and games. All in entertainment. You are going to sell better if you have somebody in, in the lead character who's white and predominantly a male. Those are all the numbers and facts. You can try to start shifting that casually by bringing in more minority characters, which is what a lot of these games do, to you can eventually do what they do now. And that's they're getting away with releasing a lot of games with female characters, and they're still successful. Not all of them, but a lot of them are. Allow that to happen. That's why I have a problem with the question. The question wasn't asked because they generally care. It was asked because they're trying to trap him. And the reason I'm defending him more than you guys are is because that's not what he's expecting. He's just expecting to talk about his game. He's also foreign. I doubt this is an issue or a topic they cover all the time. Like, like Bill Burr. It's like, what did you think he thought? <laughs> <laughs> the Duck Dynasty guy? The Duck Dynasty Yeah, when they asked yeah. the Duck Dynasty guy. Like, oh, my God. I love that he's like, he's like 80. He like was raised in Sunday school in the Deep South in the yes. 40s. Like, what What's is so funny about? to me is like picturing, uh, I assume, an American journalist asking a Japanese the translator. And then the like, and then like, what is it? Is it does a regular Japanese person walk around Japan going, There are not enough black people here? Like, exactly. they, just, they don't give a shit, exactly. they don't think about it. He's not <laughs> expecting that question, so him trying to dance around it, I guarantee his dancing around it was him nervous, and he's just like, Oh, shit. uh, uh yeah, we definitely. don't have them because of uh, uh, uh. And that's why but he looks stupid. I don't think there's a really right or wrong here, like him trying to answer in depth. Like, it should be seen as this is a guy who tried to give your question, which could be seen as rude or a trap. That's fine if you want to see it that way. I don't know. Maybe it was. I don't know what their motivation was. Um, it's a fair assumption to make. But I think it's a trap. like him attempting to answer it that in depth, you got to give him at least credit for like, let me think through your question and try to give you a thoughtful response. Maybe, so you have yeah. to give him credit there. Again. But in this day and age, the more you talk, the more you are likely to step oh, in course. some crap. Less is more. 
in relationships. So make it boring and straightforward. Like if you if you exceed 140 characters, they're gonna start asking questions. (laughs) That's true. And 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 like that, yeah. Like oh my god. So were you guys up and kept up and up on the Rooster Teeth drama at all, or no? Uh, No. But it was like every day there was somebody that worked at Rooster Teeth or worked there currently that posted something from a notes app that was like, here's my experience, and it was like four screenshots of notes apps, and I'm like. Jesus Christ, the more you talk, the more I'm like, oh, this guy's a problem or whatever. Yeah. Like, it's yeah. just but succinct, guys. Keep your, <laughs> please, keep your tweets, whatever, succinct, man. Like, let us understand. Like you were saying, though, Derek, like, let the, <laughs> the writing itself should it should come from a natural place. If you want to naturally create a story with a, with a female, and, and that's where it's coming from. It's coming from a genuine place. You're like, I want to tell a story about this this strong female character or this this black man or this trans whatever, this binary person. That's fine if it's coming from a natural place. But, like, these people get mad because it's you're not checking off these boxes of just, like, give me my boxes, check off my boxes. So I think and it's a, like, a good boring answer would be play by their rules. Like, play by the rules of folks who find this, who have a, a set of rules. Like, you have to have diversity, and if you don't, you're a problem. I would go back to the other rule that they have, which is not being addressed here, which is if you're going to write a story about a character that has a certain gender or race, you better be of that gender or race or you can't represent them Mm -hmm. correctly. So just I would just go like we're writing characters that we know and that we're that our vision for this game is and it represents us. And, you know, we'd we'd love playing experiences that represent characters of other developers. Like, you know, what their response would be there and go, where's your black employee? Yeah. Why aren't you? Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 Exactly. It keeps going. That's why you you got That's why I said I get it. I'm not saying that you're wrong and I'm right, even though that's how I talk, is if I'm right and you're all wrong. <laughs> it's not a wrong or right. It's just what like, I'm saying is that it, tried. the reason I have a problem right. with questions like that is I know what they're trying to do, and it's just wrong in general. I don't want that in – I love video games. I don't want your politics in my video games. I don't want your woke shit in my video games. Leave video games – as video games, I'm not saying I'm against diversity. Have diversity. I've never complained about like, oh, why am I playing as Batgirl? Why didn't you just give me four male characters? I don't care about that stuff. You want to put that stuff in there, do it. Don't ask questions and call out certain video games, then not hold all of them to the same standard over stuff you're not even creating. Like, who are you? You're a nobody. And that's what I, if he was an arrogant prick like me, that's exactly what he said. Like, who are you? Why are you asking me this question? Go make a game. Also, though, I, like I said back a moment ago about being, a, you know, an immigrant, literally, I, I, I don't understand. And I know we're just like four white cis males, so I guess our opinions don't matter. But like, what, what is this obsession with representation? What is that doing for you? I don't, I don't understand. Uh, I mean, I, as as far as video games go, I, 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 I get not understanding it. But as far as like other mediums, I get it. Like, there's if there's underrepresented communities and stuff, I then they're not they're going to continue to be underrepresented. Just so speaking I, from experience, I we have an adopted kiddo from Ethiopia, and mm-hmm. when. When we saw Black Panther, my eyes were opened to what representation can mean mm. to someone. So I just well, want to put that out right. there. Yeah. I just yeah, want to yeah. put that out there. I understand why representation is important because then his eyes lit up and his en- enjoyment of that movie went to a level that none of the other kids understood or even I understood. But I had a great talk with him about it. And I was just like, dude, this is mind blowing. Like I finally kind of get 
I have a little bit more insight than I had before. Not than anybody else, but just than I had before. So I, that's why I don't mind a question like that. But I sure. also don't mind someone answering it with, we don't feel like this is just not the vision we had for this game or this movie or this show. And this is these are the characters that we decided to write. And uh, we love yeah. all the kinds of stories of diversity that are out there. And this is the one that we wrote. And leave it at that. And if they keep pushing, then you have the right to say, like, I don't want to keep it. These questions are, you're just trying to trap me, and let's just move on to other yeah, questions. This has nothing to do with the game. Right. So, so I guess I'm just I, more specifically being, yeah, again, attached to the checkbox thing. The the forced representation, because, again, that's that's what it comes across as. It's, it's these yeah. these people complain about representation, so it's like, well, they're 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 pushing it, so it's forced. Well, and it's, it's, not it's coming... requiring it for every product. That's where it gets yeah. ridiculous. You can't require yes. it for every product. That's, that's the point. There's nobody sitting here saying, hey, black little kids, and I'm just using black as an example. We're talking about all minority races here. Black kids don't matter. They don't need to be represented. Just keep it white. Nobody's saying that. What we're saying is, Create it organically. Hire really good black or minority employees, and they'll start writing those characters in because, not because of checkbox, they'll do it because that's what they want. Yeah. No, I'm and with that's you. what they identify think, as. That's what they like. And that's where you'll get the best I think we're mostly on characters. The, I think yeah. we're mostly on the same page with this. I think um, at some point it'll level out. Right now we're just in a phase where the wave is pushing one way. It'll, it'll, I think yeah. I it'll level that, up. That, that, I, that organic approach that you're saying, Derek, then, then it's not, no one's going to be, you know, from a really angry place asking about representation. Cause then it's just, then it's just a normal thing. Then it's just a thing that exists. Yeah. So then no one's talking about representation. It's just there's like, more, oh, yeah. there's more diversity representation in every entertainment medium than ever before. And it's growing. And I think that's fantastic. I just told you guys before we started recording, I did a quick check of like, Derek, you mentioned male versus female protagonists in games versus, and then a, th a third column for player choice or ensemble or unknown. And it was like fifth, it was like uh, the male versus female was tied. It was like almost the exact same number of games that had That's that central character. And then the other one where it's you pick, like Elden Ring, for example, you create your character, male or female, like that kind of thing. It was like double, both of them. So that's that's the bigger one. So, I think we're in a time where there's more diversity than ever. And I think asking a creator why they aren't representing things in a game is it truly does feel like a challenge. Like you're challenging why you created the thing the way you did because you might have done it wrong. It'd be like asking Jordan Peele why he doesn't write more stories about white people. It's like, what it's not it's not his experience. Yeah. What are you doing? Why are you asking him that? Don't ask him that. Like, yeah, just let him. And, and if he did, if he did, then great. Then, then let just, him. Uh, right. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, so I think asking a creator and especially in any kind of art form when they're creating a thing, they're telling a story, they're they're giving you an experience, an emotional reaction, like challenging them on why they didn't do it in a way that you think could appeal to more people or to you more. I think that's I, I think it's that's like, a problem. I, we, I agree. We talk that. about we've heard like how mansplaining is terrible. I don't like Amerisplaining. I love mansplaining. I hate Amerisplaining where it's like, oh, we're going to tell the rest of the world how they should act and behave <laughs> and what they should put in their content. That's exactly what that's why I, I hate the IGNs and all of them now. They're all they're all about telling the rest of the world what is right and what the standards are. And if you're not hitting that, then you're wrong. You're racist. You're a bigot. You're this. And it's like, no, they're a different culture. They're not screwed up like us well some of them are but 
not all of them are screwed up like us. We're not as great as we think we are. I'm sorry, but we're not. Maybe you're not. I think I'm great. Uh, well, um, I'm I'm the best of the bunch. I don't know what I'm, you're talking. You guys all fucking. Okay. You guys this all fucking good. suck. I'm, you guys are good. terrible. The worst. I this was a good. I, I just it, I just say imagine asking the writer of Banshees of Inisherin and why you didn't include black people or Mexicans in your Irish yeah. movie. Yeah. It's like stupid. It's you know so what I mean? Dumb. It'd be like what? It's not There's well thought out at all. Like <laughs> why didn't you include Argentinians? Why are you so racist against Argentinians? <laughs> Yeah, eventually you would have to drill down at a certain point and be like, oh, there's not nearly enough of what you're saying. Yeah. Turkish people in movies now. It's like, we're there now? That's where yeah. we are? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I just feel like what the game's about, like the characters, the combat, the world, that matters more than like well, what yeah, races are in this game. That's why oh. I, I struggle to uh, understand, not that I don't understand it, but there's definitely a struggle when people ask about representation in video games. I'm like, there are so many more components to video games than just watching it, you know, or like yeah. a TV show or a movie, you know, and these aren't real people that you're playing as, you know, I mean, except for those visual novels or whatever that are movies, yeah. basically. Uh, so, I mean, it's it's totally different. Like, it's just, I can't wrap my brain around the question sometimes when people ask it. I'm like, it makes sense to ask it for a movie director. Like, if you ask Woody Allen, why are you only using white people? It's, well, I mean, yeah, <laughs> you have a yeah, point there. I, if, I had, if I had year. my way, people <laughs> wouldn't ask questions like that because of what it does. But the reason I said earlier, I don't have a problem with that. It's like, I feel like, that reporter or IGN themselves or whoever, like eventually it comes back to bite you. If you're always the one, like you're gonna be trusted yeah. less. You're losing, like to me, that's why I don't have a problem with it. Cause it kind of helps me weed out like, who am I gonna listen to? Who am I gonna read? Who do I care about? Like, if that's really what's important to you as a reporting entity and you're allowing your reporters to do that, to make that a priority, I'm less likely to be someone who reads and follows. I do agree with you on that, and I do think... But that's why I said earlier, I don't have a problem, I didn't finish that thought way earlier. Oh, I don't okay. have a problem with that question, because I think it's going to play out for them the way it's going to play out. Just like if you answer it in a bad way, it's going to play out a certain way. So it's Using, like, like, And G4 is an extreme version of this. Like They were doomed from oh, the get-go, so I'm not saying that everything that happened yeah. was what caused them to end. I'm not dramatic like some of these YouTubers <laughs> out there. But... Um, but using that as an example, and and I've seen it with other places, like GameSpot lost a lot of, of readers, a lot of people. They're not as big as they used to be. Like, if you go look at their numbers, they're not as big as they used to be. And their entire staff basically was weeded out and kicked out because they were so woke. They were talking down to all of their uh, followers. Like, every video game was a political state. Who is this? GameSpot? GameSpot was okay. really bad about it. Um, and I just think when you look at that stuff and you look at like the G4s and stuff like that, you do get applause. Like you do, you have people that love Adam Scheffler. Is that his name? Not Sessler. Sessler. You, I loved Adam Sessler before he became a complete libtard. Now I can't stand the guy, but when he was just a games journalist review <laughs> reviewer, I liked him a lot. And then when he started opening his mouth about his politics, blocking people and treating people like trash, that's when I was like, I no longer don't like you and I don't want to support anything that has to do with you. And my point is, that's how you lose long term. I'm not talking, talking short term. You'll lose like, you know, 100, 1,000 people. But over time, as you continue to hear the same narrative, the same shots, the same dumb questions, the same check checkbox bullcrap, 
you lose a lot of followers and then you start seeing the business impact. Yeah. And then that's when you start to see adjustments. The same thing with Netflix where what was it? The CEO came out and said, don't work here if you can't accept all our content. Yeah. And I totally agree with them. Like if you want to have woke stuff on there, have woke stuff on there. If you want to have Christian stuff on there, have Christian stuff there. You want to have black stuff, gay stuff, whatever you want to have on there. Just make it for everybody and nobody should be uh, whining and crying about it. And it, that's the way it should be. Let the creators create what they want to create, but don't force them to create yeah. something you think they should. To and check off then the you as the one who yeah, the, Netflix can look at the numbers and be like, hey, exactly. this is not the doing audience, numbers. The audience decides. Yeah, that's Absolutely. it. That's how it should work. Um, and that's, that's how it typically I, does work, although we don't usually say it as much anymore these days. Now it's much more, we don't usually talk about numbers because it makes it sound like you're an evil capitalist. If you talk about things making money, but that's just the reality of it. Like I, I wouldn't want to invest we do all in things. Uh, yeah. That's why we do all things. That's why we, we as human <laughs> beings do things. You know, yeah. that's, that's how it we is. operate. At the end of the day, it's for numbers. It's, it's what, act, it's, it's even down to your daily activities. I'm going to do the things that give me the, something in return. Right. So, I mean, yeah, it's just why basic human companies living. in June in America are gay. In other parts of the world, they're not gay. It's I so still, weird. I How still love the like the Willem Dafoe thing. Like I'm a bit of a homosexual myself. Like that's still one of my. <laughs> it said like all all companies in June, and it shows him talking to Peter. And yeah, I'm a bit of a homosexual myself. No, I'm a bit of a yeah yeah. But only in America. If you go overseas. We're not. We're not. We're, oh, we're straight. Yeah. We're very it was straight. BMW who did that. They had like the rainbow thing. It was in America. not just BMW. It was other ones. But too. then, like in BMW the Middle East, a German company, isn't? Isn't? It? Yeah. And yeah. in, in, like some other company, yeah, yeah. some other countries, like they weren't doing anything pride related. And oh yeah. Yeah yeah. yeah. All anyway, for, most of it's for. It's all business. It's all business. It's fine. Um, all right. So the last thing is Kojima. Speaking of money, speaking of business, oh. that dude has has had so many opportunities to make so much more money. Uh, obviously, he's doing well. Okay, he's doing fine, but he could be doing better than most humans on the planet if he would accept some of these offers that he says have come in. He says on his recent podcast, here's his quote: "Every day, I'm approached by offers all over the world to buy our studio. Some of those offers are ridiculously high prices, but it's not that I want the money. I want to make what I want to make." Yeah. That's yeah. why I created the studio. So as long as I'm alive, I don't think I will ever accept those. Offers. I get it. You know, he's been through the ringer. He's been through the opposite end of that, yeah. where where yep. a company tells him what he can and can't make. So he's never going to sell. He's never going to do that. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, he shouldn't have to. He's unique. It doesn't mean I have to like everything he does or right. uh, uh, like who he is as a person. But you have to respect how unique he is and yeah. that he is an outside thinker. And he does things his way. You know what's funny about that? His games or his, his stories. He's a game developer. Oh my gosh, God. Uh, his stories are so unique that it distracts from the fact that he uses white people mostly. <laughs> Just saying, guys. I was actually thinking that as I said But you know what? I feel like if someone were to ask him that question, and I could be wrong, but I feel like he would have the confidence to say something kind of like this. Like, I'm not here to meet everyone else's expectations. I want to make what I want to make. And this is what I want to make. And that's actually a legit answer for anybody from any race or culture or religion. Like if, you, if someone says, why didn't you do this thing? You could be like, this is what I wanted to make. This is, this is why I, I love creating music, because nobody's going to be like, why didn't you put a black person in that song? <laughs> why didn't you write about that's how that works? <laughs> and then tomorrow Jeff's going to message us and be like, guys, I wrote a new song called A Black Guy. And then, 
<laughs> then is racist because you aren't actually black. Exactly. Exactly. Music's just a different space that I just love yeah. that you can just kind of, you're kind of left to create what you want. Um, and I love that about it. Yeah. Even if it's trash, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I think that that's it for our headlines. And actually that does wrap it up for our show. And cuts the show short though. We did not cut the. That's okay. We had a good convo. Let's I enjoyed see. this. This was yeah. fun. This was good. Yeah, this is great. Um, make sure you go check out Dan's streaming stuff on Twitch at the Dapper Chocobo. Go check Dapper that out. Underscore Chocobo Tim. Underscore. If you Chocobo. just search for Dapper Chocobo, it won't show up. I mean, probably. I don't know. Are there a lot of Dapper Chocobos out there? I need you to identify me as Dapper underscore Chocobo, please. All right. Make sure you go to Rapper Chocobo. I'm going to keep saying it wrong <laughs> wrap, from now on. Wrap that Chocobo up. Wrap that Chocobo. Wrap chocolate bars. extremely sexy, and I like it. <laughs> Listen, I'm dapper as hell, man. I dress wrap up. Wrap Chocobo I means something totally different. <laughs> I literally dress up in my suit, my black suit, and I put on a goddamn top hat. Look at this shit. Look at this. Language. We don't this, cut here. This thing. Yeah, this. Yeah, yeah. Look at this. Okay. Yep, Guys, this by the way, where we have to end the show. I, I just had an idea. We should launch an e-commerce store. One of our products are Final Fantasy themed condoms, and it says "Wrap that chocobo." <laughs> Anybody? Yes. A, that's yes. a great idea. That's actually a great idea. Oh, like chocobo, like dick. Got it. Yep. Thanks. Yep. Jeff. Sorry. Yeah, Cox. Thanks, Cox. Oh, you mean like pee pee? Oh, you mean like a wiener? <laughs> All right. On that super mature note, as we always end on, we're out of here. Thanks for listening. See you.